Welcome to Commodity Comics. Episode 14, guys. We are your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kristen. Just reminding you that Commodity Comics is a podcast highlighting the female and Latinx presence in comics, whether it be as creators, characters, or as a fan base. Yes. Yes. Excellent, guys. So, um... I don't know if you heard our last podcast, but we actually had a Batman uh, piñata raffle and Cole won. I text Cole, no response. I called Cole, and uh, we're going to try one more time on the air. ¿Dónde estás, Cole? Señor Cole. Señor Cole, ¿dónde estás? Okay, cool. And it's a pretty cool Batman uh, piñata. Everybody at Free Comic Book Day who saw it was like, I want to have that piñata. And we had a bowl full of uh, people people who signed up. Mm -hmm. And Cole was the lucky guy. The person you are trying to reach is not accepting calls at this time. Please try your call again later. In case we don't understand the first time. The telephone company knew that it was Comadrecita. All right, all right, guys. So we tried calling Cole one more time on the air. So what are we going to do, ladies? What are we going to do? Well, I think the only fair thing to do is to make sure that somebody gets that awesome Batman. Piñata. So I have the um, all the bowl here full of all the people who placed their name in to win the piñata. So I'm going to go ahead and choose another one right now and see if we can get a hold of this person. So are we ready to pick the winner? Yes. yes. Okay. So our next winner is... Dun, dun, dun. K Winters. Ooh. Yes, K Winters, you K-Winters. are the you, you are the winner. You are the winner of the Batman Piñata. And I will be contacting you um, probably tomorrow and see if we can get this piñata over to you pronto. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Please people, we're dying. Like Just take it. Take <laughs> it. Just take it. All right, guys, so now we are going into Chisme de la Semana. What is your Chisme, girls? Who wants to go first? I will go ahead and start. I think that most everybody has heard this Chisme, but for those of you who haven't, and for even those of you who have, I'm going to repeat it because it's awesome Chisme. And also, it's kind of on the tales of uh, our Young Avengers, America uh, Chavez uh, talk we did for our last episode, but... Um, it's been all over the internet that Brooklyn Nine-Nine actress Stephanie Beatriz is interested in playing the America Chavez role in the MCU. Whoa. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Now, I don't know if either of you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but her character on uh, that show is uh, Rose Diaz, and um, she's so just like, she like a salty like no emotion and like very tough like police officer Mm -hmm. and i just feel like she would be perfect for america chavez because she uh, she is uh, america is just so like straightforward and to the point and uh, at least that's how she's written Mm -hmm. and i think that um i think that stephanie would be really really awesome at it but 
something that um, hasn't been talked about lately and actually um, somebody who's been talking about wanting uh, this role for quite some time uh, is also Gina Rodriguez from Uh, Jane the Virgin. Yes. Uh, Yes. I love Gina Rodriguez. I do too. Did you guys see her in Philly? Gina Rodriguez. You guys see her in Philly Brown? No. Oh, that was so good. She played a rapper and it was like hard for me to wrap my head around uh, Jane the Virgin, that funny, quirky (laughs) girl, is like a tough rapping chick from like, you know, the bad side of town yeah it was like wow like her what do you call it her range yeah. is amazing that's what i was thinking it's funny because i i only know her from jane the virgin mm-hmm. and i it doesn't click with me and but uh, the more i thought about it the more i thought how kind of cool it would be to see her, her range and to see if she could really uh pull it off i mean with with uh stephanie i think it's a given mm-hmm. because of the character that we've already seen her play but i'm sure that they're both amazing talented actresses and they both would do amazing oh absolutely oh, yeah, um and on a side note um Jane the Virgin is playing uh, Carmen Sandiego in the next animated uh, oh, series. Yes. Yes. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Awesome. I'm very excited. I remember. They, were, uh, they also commented how she could have done um, a live-action Carmen Sandiego because uh-huh. she does a lot of, like, uh, I, w- I don't know what, what you call it when you do the fighting, like, training fighting thing i don't exercise so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but when they're in the ring with little gloves and fighting uh, like yeah. kickboxing yeah sort oh, of okay. like that okay. yeah so yeah. um so <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't train i don't know how <laughs> uh, well the one cool thing that um uh, about the story that uh, is going around about stephanie beatrice is that um, not only is she saying that she would like to play uh america but she also is saying that if she plays it she would like uh gabby rivera to write oh wow oh my nice. yes yeah. So, yeah so gabby rivera um for those of you who remember when we talked about it she is the uh the current writer for um the america uh comic that is out right now that is on barely issue three tons of time for you to catch up um i ordered all one two and three we should have them in the shop and yes. it's an amazing story <laughs> excellent absolutely amazing so my chisme de la semana is so stranger comics had a panel at the phoenix comic-con uh yesterday and it was announced that Jay Lee, I just saw that. Yeah, Jay Lee for fans of Jay Lee is going to have his own creator, well, his creator own comic, and it's going to be called Faye. It's going to be written by Sebastian Jones and Daryl May, art by Jay Lee, and lettering and production design by Joshua Cozine. Faye is about a boy named William Wilde who falls in love with a fairy named. Faye. Um, <laughs> I think they could have been a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> they could have been like they were running low on specifics, but um, there is a cover for it that I will post later on our Facebook page. That it looks absolutely beautiful. Jay Lee himself does like yeah. some really nice uh, artwork that I really like. So I can't wait to read this. And I really like fantasy comics, and Stranger Comics is so good at uh, really yeah. publishing and putting forward like really cool fantasy based work. Yeah. If you are a fantasy, a fan of fantasy uh, world building, definitely Stranger Comics is a publisher that you need to check out. Um, you might 
recognized stranger from their um, book that gets a lot of attention called Niobe. Uh, it's co-written. Uh, Sebastian Jones co-writes it with Amanda Stenberg, who mm-hmm. was the actress in um, The Hunger Games. She's cute little Rue who Aww. doesn't really see a good ending to the movie. But, um, yeah, she is um, the co-writer of Niobe, and it gets so much attention uh, out there, mm-hmm. not only because she's writing it, but because um, it's just a really good book. And, um, the, Excellent. Yeah. Written. And the art is mm-hmm. really, really great, too. It's absolutely beautiful. And I really like Stranger Comics and the work that they produce. And they were doing this amazing Vampire Hunter D yeah. comic that, which another half of my cheesemate, I think, has been canceled. <gasps> oh, it has? Yeah. Because oh. like, issue number two was supposed to come out in uh, in January. Uh-huh. But, and issue number three was, like, slated for even later on, but when... Checking on Diamond, it said canceled. And that could either mean that they've moved the date or that it has been. I'm thinking that, uh, I'm thinking that it's something that they want to continue doing because I know that it was a big coup for them to even get the uh, rights to that mm-hmm. character. I mean, yeah. uh, Vampire Hunter D has a huge following. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, I think probably it's just that they have, I mean, Stranger is a very small um, company, and mm-hmm. uh, it's literally three people <laughs> doing all the uh, behind the scenes work and they work their butts off um they're at all the big conventions they're traveling all over the place there's just so much that needs to be done that maybe just i think um they're falling a little bit behind on schedule but i can't imagine that they're not going to pick mm-hmm. it back up at some point i know and it's something that i really want to because i am I have been reading the Vampire Hunter D novels since, like, high school. Mm-hmm. That's when I first found out about them. And it's just, uh, I love them so much. Yeah. And I really do hope they continue with it. But that's a little, that's more like, that is a true cheeseman. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah. We're not sure if it's true, but we're going to tell it. We're, anyway. we're just like, we got we to gotta share the dirt, yo. I like that. I like that. Well, we kind of think it's happening but we're not sure but mm-hmm. that's okay it's good to know that there might be like it's either going to be canceled or there might be a delay so that's good that's good information to have mm-hmm. um, my chisme de la semana is um uh i have not seen the movie split but i have seen unbreakable and these are both m night Shyamalan uh, movies and they just announced that there's going to be a sequel mm-hmm. uh, called glass uh and it will be starring bruce willis uh, Samuel Jackson and James McAvoy. If you guys remember, James McAvoy is also Professor X. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, the release date is set for January 18th, uh, 2019. But I'm really excited only because I've been waiting for an Unbreakable sequel forever. I've been waiting for uh, any movie that I enjoy. You don't like M. No, I liked Unbreakable and I liked Sixth Sense. After that, it's I have not found, I, and I've watched quite a few. I haven't found another really? movie that I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed them all. I I really I really did. I thought what he was doing was really cool. Uh, he got a lot of flack saying that he was copying other movies or mm-hmm. Twilight Zone episodes, which I kind of get. But he's making them in movies, so I I I really like it. The following, um, was it the following? Okay, uh, I know it's a village. 
um, Lady in the Water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the other ones, but I, I enjoyed them what all. What was the alien one? Alien. Where uh, the guy, they were all sitting with uh, aluminum hats. Oh, oh, my God, yes. That was so great. <laughs> signs. Like close Encounters it's, or something? It's no. It's signs. 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 Oh, signs. signs. Yes. yes. Signs. Sorry. Close <laughs> Encounters. I don't know, man. I was just like, I thought, like, that's what I, that's Aliens, what I thought. Close Encounters. <laughs> aliens, Close, close Encounters. Like, close I was enough. Just, close I was, enough. I was just thinking. I just thought, you just said Aliens, and I'm just like, Close Encounters. <laughs> <laughs> it just went it I'm not... I'm not very familiar with M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I used to call him that too. No, I'm like, but I can't even say his last name. But seriously, I, yeah. I mean, Six Sense was which one came out first, Six Sense or Unbreakable? Six Sense. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, I remember that being such a, like groundbreaking. Oh, it, yeah, and everyone losing their mind and trying to back then it was easy to keep the spoiler under wraps because there was no uh, social media and internet well, yeah and um and so people going in were generally surprised um and unbreakable i remember i, I mean this is before i was into comics and uh, any of that and i just remember being so intrigued and enthralled with the storyline of like good versus evil and it was just so and you know the average joe having these powers and uh, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. So I'm actually, despite everything uh, in me telling me that <laughs> it's not going to be good, I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, we did go to the convention and we passed out a lot of uh, raffle. Red, raffle red tickets, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of raffles <laughs> going on today in the episode. So today, uh, right now we will be raffling the Stormtrooper uh, piñata. So Kristen, if you please. All right. So the winner for the Stormtrooper piñata. It's so cute. I can't. Isn't it cute? I don't want to give him away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The winner for the Stormtrooper piñata is... Ticket number two zero six seven seven zero six. You are the winner of the Stormtrooper Piñata, and we will uh, we're going to wait for them to contact us. Or yes, yes. Okay. you will have to contact us. Let us know you have the Stormtrooper Piñata ticket. Take a picture of your ticket, and just you can just instant messenger us, or I think it's called DM. <laughs> um, the, the, direct it, message. Yes, direct message uh, into our Comadres y Comics Facebook and we or will, Instagram or, or whatever, Instagram yeah. or uh, Twitter, 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 Twitter. Um, and uh, we will send you that wherever you want us to mail it to. Mm-hmm. All right. Yay! 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 Yay. Yay. Congratulations to get seven zero six. Nice. So, girls, we went to the first ever. East LA Comic Con. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing. I am just so uh, still happy and just riding on a high of the amazing community that came together there um, at the plaza and uh, stopped by our table and spoke to us and talked to us about our podcast and just genuinely was excited to meet all these people and talk to them about what we do here and to get their excitement in turn um, to learn about our podcast. Yeah, it was, 
I'm still so amazed that there was such a strong presence of people that yes. the line went on like for like hours. Yes. Yeah, so and it opened what at ten or eleven? Eleven. Okay. It opened, opened at eleven. 11. Yeah. The line was around the corner. At three o'clock, we had people telling us the line was still around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it Absolutely. Was amazing. And I'm just so glad that the Latino community, and even people who weren't, like, Latinos, they still came Mm -hmm. out to this event and supported it and were there. And I'm really glad that they stopped by to at least indulge us and just be like, oh, (laughs) what are are they doing? Like, and... Oh, they were indulging, all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Never mind. We baited them with concha. Well, I thought that was really cool. I really, um, I really love that everybody was so positive. I know we were waiting in line. I know that um, it was hot. Yeah. Um, I know it was crowded, but I felt that generally, overall, there was a real positive, a real patience amongst a lot of the people that went. A lot of the people were Mm -hmm. super just happy to talk to us, even though, like you said, we baited them with conchas and such. But but I felt like they were genuinely listening to us. We Mm -hmm. got a lot of support from a lot of people. Um, So I I just loved it. I love the whole experience. Interesting that you mentioned uh, that people were waiting out. I mean, it was like 90-something degree weather that day. And and there were people standing outside in the sun, in the heat for a very, very, very long time. And um, I met someone today who um, said that they even mentioned to to Peter, who was one of the founders and organizers, that he was so surprised that they didn't have any problems with all these people that were waiting in line and in the heat and just, you know, tensions rise when people get fussy. Mm -hmm. And I, my response to him was, you know what, Um, I... I thought about that as well, and I think it's just, um, it speaks to the strong sense of community that this Mm -hmm. event instilled in people. Definitely, I do think so, because it's just, it's something that you want to, like, support, and also just, like, you don't want to be known as that one person who started that one fight. Like, come come on, like, that's like, really, you're going to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and not only that, I just feel like, um... A lot of people like the idea that was free, but I I feel that the people that were organizing are people who have gone to cons, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they, you know, take that under consideration. Um, Like, I saw when I went out to the car a a few times, I saw that they, when people were leaving, they would let people in, so they had a real good control of crowd control, Mm -hmm. and um, and people were just relatively patient. I really love the fact that there's a lot of... uh, vloggers and a lot of mm-hmm. photographers yes, oh yes yeah, so and many, the la yeah. weekly was there yeah. so i felt that mm-hmm. it was like a lot of people supporting each other's medias and i felt that was just so like familia you know that was awesome yeah. yes your Definitely. pink chongo is yeah. famous <laughs> <laughs> it sure is oh my god <laughs> they, they caught my good side <laughs> i know so um because of that i felt that it was just amazing and i am just excited to go and to the next one i mean the next yes. i mean oh, i just yeah, I'm, i have ideas i have things i want to do i want to have a snapchat filter yeah. I mean, you, you name it we got ideas about like we have so many we would really love to attend the second yeah one. yeah, yeah. It, it was just amazing to meet 
not only the con-goers, but also the creators that were there. Oh, um, yeah. A, a lot of the creators um, were Latino um, or um, women or parts of other um, ethnicities that um, definitely are not the majority when it comes to comic book industry. And so it was just really awesome to be able to see all the diversity that was there in this one convention so talented yes. i mean i met this artist who uh just a small reference but i met this artist who etches into linoleum and etches into wood and then presses Ooh. his images onto okay that's cool um <laughs> uh, presses his images onto uh paper and this specific paper that sometimes the images make indentation sort of like an embossing so I was just wow. like, whoa, you That's freaking are awesome. Cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I mean, I loved it. it. It was such a great experience, and I'm so happy that we got to be part of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So am I. I'm, I'm really, really happy that we were chosen to have a table there and to connect with the community and to connect with people who um, also are comic book readers or people who um, might not be into comics but were interested in learning about comics and mm-hmm. uh, and actually mentioned how this might be a way for them to um, learn about books that they might want to read. So I think that that, I mean, let us be your comic book pushers. Yes, <laughs> let us be your, like... Your like, gateway. Let us be your first hit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. Um, I'd like to, um, special shout out, I told her I would shout her out on our next podcast episode, but Donancin Mondragon, Mondragon uh, she came to our table and she was talking to us about a lot of fangirling out. Oh, right, I remember. She was just, like, so knowledgeable about, you know, comic books and about her passion to read. Yeah. And she loves to read and... Uh, she's a big comic book fan, so shout out to her. She um, she was a really interesting to talk to. Yeah. I wish we had yeah. more time, but there was just such a big crowd, and it was so hot. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Such a rush of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if for any reason you felt like we didn't talk to you very much, we're very sorry. There was just so many people, so many things happening. But thank you so much for stopping by and saying hello. Yeah, for sure. Thank and you. hopefully you took one of our cards and you're listening to this podcast uh, and you are uh, following us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And um, always, always feel free to reach out to us there as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Definitely. We're open to all messages. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... Kristen, you picked up some comic books at this convention. Yes, so one of the things that I was really looking forward to when we went to the um, to the East LA Comic Con was meeting all of these creators. And um, one of the things that we had talked about before we went was really wanting to highlight um, uh, the creators that we met there at the convention. And so I went around and picked up some books. Um, I picked up, I would say, like maybe... Uh, six or so before the convention started and then after that I told myself oh I'm going to go back and I'm going to get more but Uh that never happened because (laughs) it was just constantly no um, no break at all which was amazing um, with the people coming through but um, the things that I was able uh, to pick up we're going to go um, do a review of three of them today that's what uh, we wanted to um, hit some um, over the next couple of 
um, podcast, but the first uh, one that we're going to do today, we're going to do three, and I am really excited to talk about these. Um, these are all books that um, you can't really get from Diamond, which is, um, if you don't know, Diamond is um, the main comic distributor uh, mm-hmm. for our all comic book shops. Um, that's how we do our orders, and if you are a... Um, a comic book publisher, you have to go to Diamond and ask them to distribute your comic. Mm-hmm. And um, the only and they have some stipulations, and one of them is that you have to basically um, agree to print and sell so many of these comics before they will even take you. And so what that means is that um, some smaller publishing companies and some um, Obviously, small independent creators can't meet those demands and are not able to get their books into Diamond, which, again, is the um, the number one, in fact, the only comic distributor, not only here in the United States, but in the world. Mm-hmm. So that really is... Um, it really sucks for um, small publishers and independent creators because they can't meet uh, those um, those guidelines, and so they can't get their book a lot of times uh, to a large number of comic book shops. And so what they do is they have to depend on going to these small conventions, local conventions, um, and meet the fans face-to-face, create new fans, tuck up the book, and just really hustle to get their work out there. And so I think that's why it's so super important to go to these conventions and take the time to meet these creators and talk to them. And us here at Comadre Sea Comics have the um, capability of being able to share these books with you and hopefully garner some attention and some praise for them because the books for sure the ones that we picked today definitely are worthy of that absolutely i agree i'm I'm, i love the way you explained it in such great detail because a lot of the people don't know why certain comic books aren't available at the local comic shops or yeah uh, why they're not distributed you know widely so Mm -hmm. that that was really good information to have Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, I don't know if there's a specific order that we want to go in, but um, the first uh, book that we're going to do is Kingsay. Yes. <laughs> so Kingsay is actually a book that we had talked about in a previous uh, podcast. It was either my cheese or on my radar. I believe it was on your radar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fanbase Press is a small publishing company, and um, Fanbase... Uh, also is the company, the publisher who does Hero Hotel that mm-hmm. uh, Yehudi Mercado um, is the writer of. And I think we've talked about him in here um, oh, as well. He's a Latino creator, um, and we should actually do his book uh, at some point. <laughs> but we, um, I had this on my radar for a while since it was um, announced because it is all about um, a girl who... I mean, the title's Quince, so uh, uh, right there, um, you know that it has probably something to do with the fact that she's turning 15. Um, and this book is all about um, Lupe or Lupita, who, when she turns 15, she um, realizes that she has some sort of superpowers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I think that that's amazing um, because any of uh, you Latinos that are out there listening or even those of you who have Latino friends know that the quinceanera is like the 
big deal for uh, girls um, who are Latina. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I didn't have a quinceanera, actually, um, when I turned 15. I don't know if either of you did, but... I had a 16. Okay. Because, well, like, we, we money problems yeah. when my 15, and I was being a rebellious teenager. <laughs> and then uh, at 16, I was just like, okay, maybe I kind of do want to party. Yeah. So <laughs> then we threw a really big one, and I got to wear the big poofy dress. See, I didn't get either. I got um, my grandmother put in a whole bunch of money and um, bought me a used car. That's better, Whoa, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so looking back at it, for sure, I know that having a car in high school was a huge um deal and to be able to have that was definitely a luxury um but i don't have any king say or sweet 16 memory <laughs> let me tell you it was late <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean working in the latino community and working a lot with after school programs um i worked a lot with families who i don't know wh- i mean because i would see the homes they lived in and, you know, the struggles that they had and the ways that they would ask me for help. But when that quinceanera would come around, it was like they were millionaires. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. I yep. It's shocking to see what kind of party they throw. Yes. In. I mean, like the, they even to the, go all out. Even mm. to the smallest detail. Yes. From the person carrying a, a, a bottle of tequila with little shot glasses that serve, goes to every table uh-huh. and serves shots. I'm like, what? Like, what? Yeah, it's incredibly crazy. And you know the like the Gutierrez's have to do better than the Gomez. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Let me tell you, like, I've been to some wild ass quinces back 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 in the day. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, like it it was always all a competition. So I was kind of glad when I had my 16 because ain't competing with nobody. Yeah, right. it was just like because it's 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 a quince. Who the hell has a sweet sixteen? Yeah, yeah. like so, but apparently I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that though. I've heard I've heard it a lot from um, from girls who um, are a little bit more, I would say, Americanized, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and where it's really like tradition um, for the family where they want to do it. A lot of times the girls kind of see that. Uh, mm-hmm. The ones that I've dealt with and that I worked with saw that as kind of a, like a, a cultural thing that they didn't really want that maybe they uh, were trying to distance themselves from. The specific ones that I know that had Sweet Sixteens, um, they wanted to do the more like uh, American, American thing. Yeah. yeah, American thing. Yeah, I had a quinceanera. Um, I try to do like more of a do-it-yourself thing. So like um, a yeah, lot, it was like a lot of yeah, a lot of sleepless nights. Kind of you know, it was. Um, it, it was beautiful, yeah, but it was really hard um, just, you know, organizing everything like you have to do it yourself. And so it was, it was difficult in that sense, but it, it was beautiful memories. Um, I actually want to transform my uh, VHS to um, DVD. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, oh, you have it on uh, tape? Yeah, I do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah, videography or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. We're going to have a screening. Not only is it a Latina protagonist, but 
most of the storyline is just about her and her family. Mm-hmm. And um, we get introduced to her where she basically just self-identifies as being a quote-unquote total nerd. Right. Uh, <laughs> she tells us that uh, her favorite thing to do is to fangirl, um, to watch fangirl shows on Netflix. Uh, and I think the, the cutest thing that she says after um, that I really, really liked is she says, even though the superheroes are basically always white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So which makes it even more awesome to me that um, she's kind of like lamenting that, man, there's nobody on TV that looks like me that has super, has superpowers. But in the end, she's the one who's going to get them. Exactly. Hey. Yeah. It's a foreshadow. <laughs> I I super loved when they she introduces her family. Yeah. Like she's like, yeah. I, I, I actually, uh, she says, uh, I love my mom, but she shows her love by being by nagging me all the time <laughs> my dad you know he shows his love by being super embarrassing and then uh the little sister's super obsessed with her which she's cool with but at the, t- at the same time she's like i want her to stop sometimes mm-hmm. and her brother who uses his powers for evil <laughs> and the cool part about the brother is if you see the drawing he has the claws made out of like a fork and a spoon and a knife oh, like oh, i missed that oh, oh yes he does and it's those little treasures that yeah. Yeah, that yeah, just yeah. I love this story. Oh, that's awesome. I also love the art. I love the part where she's trying on the dress with her abuelita. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and the, ex- the way the face expressions are drawn, I really feel it. Mm-hmm. I really feel like their dialogue is amazing, too. Uh, her, yeah. Yes, her, uh, her abuela is like... She's very sassy. I really, <laughs> really liked her character. She's a lot. like, how many boys fell in love with you today? Just as many as yesterday. Yeah, that's <laughs> such, a, such a cute conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah, a cute relationship she has with her grandmother, which I really love. The um, really cool thing um, about. Well, not the really cool thing, but one of the cool things about this comic book is um, right now it is um, it's. Available on Comixology, and we have a hard copy. Um, but the cool thing about both Comixology and the hard copies is that they're both available in not only just English, but also in Spanish. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was super, super cool. And definitely, um, I think, uh, kind of a, a key to... Uh, Introducing a lot more Latino readers to the comic book um, style I, of storytelling. I actually read both the English and the Spanish. Okay. I really loved it. Yeah, I, I did. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that um, they would do that, and I thought it was really cool that you just kind of flip the book over and you're able to read yes. in a different language. Yeah, and I like um, the use of genial. And stuff like like little words that I sometimes use, like that I don't feel a lot of people use, and I'm just like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's still in use, and it's like it makes a good like bilingual book. Yes, like, yes. If you like, if if you only know Spanish and you want to know, want to learn English, mm-hmm. that's a good one. If you want a bit more practice in reading Spanish, if you want to teach your kid like uh, yeah. to read in Spanish or to help them uh, to help them read in English, it's a perfect book for that. That's absolutely relatable um and just Except a, for the superhero part <laughs> right <laughs> exactly exactly um and the cool thing is like you actually learn about her superpower and also she learns about her superpower on the very last page yes of the uh-huh. story so it's something that i would definitely continue reading i really liked it and a little side note about the um the creators of this book um kit steinkellner 
I'm probably butchering her name. No, I think that sounds right. <laughs> um, she actually worked on um, Z, uh, The Beginning of Everything. It's an Amazon Prime um, TV series uh, oh, about oh. Zelda, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Uh huh. Um, so I, I watched that. I love oh. that show. Oh, I wow. love that I didn't show. Know that. Yeah, I know. I read that on on the book, and I was like, Oh my god! I can't believe I didn't know this. I would have <laughs> talked your ear off. And Emma Stein Kellner, yeah, she's a graduate from Stanford's Department of Feminist, Gender, and Sexual Studies. So that was like, whoa. Cool. That was like, boom. Nice. In your face. Uh, it's, <laughs> we don't get the, um, the story component in this first issue, um, but uh, when I first read about Kinsa, um they disclosed that um, she, Lupin, not only gets her powers on her 15th birthday, but the powers only last while she's 15. Oh. So she's only going to have these powers for one year. Oh. So um, that is, to me, really interesting to kind of see character development of what she's going to do with that, knowing that, uh, that she's only going to have them for this and one year. I'm sorry, but did you guys get the hint from the grandmother that possibly she her knew. grandmother knew? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like your life changes. Yeah, like, you don't never be the same. It yeah. doesn't really, and then it was just like, oh, you don't know. You're yeah, like, you don't know. Like, I'm guessing. So, so it yeah. shows here that they um, have issues one, two, three, and four. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the end. I do know that a trade is scheduled to come out during the summer. Oh, cool. Um, and once it does come out, I definitely would be interested in continuing on and reading and maybe doing a um, uh, a full a episode. Full, yeah, a full episode on uh, the entire four issues. Mm-hmm. Excellent. No, I, I would love to do that. I can't wait to find out what happens. Yes. Yeah, same here. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we, you also picked up another book. Okay, so um, this book is called Monte Gomez is the Luchador. What? <laughs> nice. Um, and this says it's, um, it's produced by Labishka Inc., which uh, is a, a very small, um, I think, self-publishing company. The writer of this book is, um, his name is, what was it? Handro Gamboa. Gamboa. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then nice. the art is Bernice Tali. And I met both of these um, creators there at the East LA Comic Con, and they were so super nice. And mm-hmm. actually, Bernice came to our table and was talking to us, and just in the conversation when we asked her what table she was there, she um, gave us a brief little rundown of what this um, book was about. And she basically says uh, to me, so picture this. This uh, Monte Gomez uh, goes to the swamp meet and buys a box, and um, it's full of luchador masks, and each one has a separate superpower. And that was that was it. That was we, it. Like uh, I, I, we were sold. We were sold. We were sold. <laughs> I'm, I immediately I'm fell in love with that storyline. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like short, simple, sweet, and I'm and utterly awesome. sold. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just the swap meet. Yeah. The swap meet. Like you get. Where do you get your damn. superpowers from? The swap, swap meet. Me. <laughs> like, oh my god. Where I get like, my socks. Like, <laughs> 
Like, you guys have no idea, because, like, my mom would take me as a kid to the Swami, like, all the time. All the oh, time. Yeah. All the time. It was, like, Sunday after church. We, yeah. Our, yeah. our Swami in my hometown, it's called the Ramate. And I don't know what that means in, in English. Everyone calls it ramate, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> but anyway, um, it was the, it's the Monday sale. Our swap meet in our hometown is on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we generally only got to go when it was a three-day weekend. So, like, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and, and we already knew we were going to go to the ramate on, on Monday. <laughs> and the ramate had everything. There was the fruits and vegetables section. The, there was a mm-hmm. section where they were selling the animals and the not until I was older did I realize that these animals were for cooking and not for <laughs> being pets. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, then oh, there, yeah. was the, there was the people selling the furniture and the clothing. But then the, the favorite part of mine was the one the part in the back where um, it was basically like people coming and having their, their garage sale or yard sale mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a treasure hunt. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, mm-hmm. the, that was my favorite. That was my favorite part. Right after the um, the uh, the guy driving up and down the aisles with the um, bandulce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, side note: Mata means auction. Ah, yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I just learned something new. I had never knew what that meant. You know what? It, it sounded like something with the inclu- uh, included in the sales kind of category, yeah, 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 but yeah. I wasn't exactly sure, so I looked it up. It was auction. Uh, so auction. that makes sense. It yeah. does make sense. Makes a lot of sense. No, I love the swap meet. I haven't gone because I, I don't go because I know I'm going to waste money. So that's. One of the is reasons it truly I don't wasting go. though when everything is a deal? <laughs> I, know, I know, I know what you mean. I do, I do. But some, you know, sometimes I end up buying things that like I really don't need and I just want to have. It's yeah. uh, like I have these little bottles that I've never used, but they're so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Even today, I went to the uh, fanzine um, convention downtown, and. Every table. I barely made it through the uh, first aisle, both sides, and I had already spent like $50. And I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) I don't even need these things. I'm already complaining about all the reading I can't do already. But like everybody had such cool stuff. I know. It's so exciting when there's new cute things. Yeah, and $2 here, $1 there, $5 here. Yeah, it just adds adds up up. super fast. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. No, I, yeah. It, but yeah, we love the swami. <laughs> <laughs> the swami is just thing. It's like a cultural thing. Like you've always gone to the swami yeah. for something. But no, for me, I really love the swami. The, especially the one that my mom used to take us to because me and my brother, it was always like a freaking maze in there. Yeah. So me and him would run around and we would like hide. Like there was a place that sold just like communion dresses and mm-hmm. like 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 primera comunión <laughs> stuff. And then there was another one that sold like only toys and another one that sold like a food stall and everything. And me and him would always just like have a blast. Yeah. As kids. And then there was like always like that one place that like sold the miscellaneous stuff of like boxes like and they just had like a box of toys or a box of jewelry and it was cheap so my mom would give me like one or two bucks yeah. and I'd be like here you go like a little freaking chubby five year old <laughs> handing this guy money like he was just like okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the coolest thing I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this story, I was actually initially captured by the first page. Um, um, the the hook was just amazing. It says, um, 
Um, it says, but this isn't a story about about the town I grew up in. This is a story about how I grew up in this town. And I thought that was such a great line. It just hooked me right then mm-hmm, and there. Mm-hmm. The, and then after that, it just begins uh, telling us a story about how he got his superpowers. The guy's name, he, they, he called, they call him Monty, but yeah. his name is Montezuma Hector Gutierrez Moreno or Monty. Right. <laughs> and I was just telling uh, Jen right before we started that it says that that's what his name is, but then the title is Monte Gomez. Where'd the Gomez come from? Where did the Gomez come from? <laughs> that's the yeah, real. That's the real mystery here. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that. That's I'm weird. like, wait, did did the writers like make a change and then forget that they did, or like what? Cause or maybe his stage name will will be Monte Gomez. I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? Hmm. Maybe I don't know. know. But that's now, mystery that now we solved. have to keep reading to find out <laughs> where Gomez came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I I'm really loving this character. I love each character. I love the friend. He's so cool. Like he's so like surfer dude. I yeah. love him. Yeah. Uh, they've been friends since they were four. He's a complete bro. He's yeah. Like the original bro. bro like bro. <laughs> so uh, Monte and his friend and his girlfriend. It seems to me are probably like in their early 20s like oh, yeah. 21 22 maybe mm-hmm. because the girlfriend is talking about going to grad school mm-hmm. and so i'm assuming that that means that um that's about the age that they're at but yeah. uh but monte is like really like he's just in a rut yeah he's just really um okay with his job that he has at the swap meet Mm -hmm. um and you know going and having you know his day at work and coming home and playing video games and he's just super just like okay i'm happy with and he even says Mm -hmm. that to his his roommate i'm happy with where i am Mm -hmm. exactly he has figured out a system a schedule yeah he has his daily thinking once you fall into that rhythm mm-hmm. it's very hard to break it, it really mm-hmm. is <laughs> Super hard. Uh, and like i said the dialogue with with all these characters is really well written i really like the sassiness and mm-hmm. the quirkiness mm-hmm. and all of that i especially like how the girlfriend explains this i know where i'm going but until you know where you're going i won't know when where we're going right mm-hmm. and i was just like so clever. <laughs> so very, very clever. So that's clever. like the first, uh, the first little uh, conflict that the main character has is that his girlfriend is really pushing him to, um, to make big boy decisions. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, she wants to go to college and um, she wants to be uh, a social worker. And unfortunately, uh, where they live, they don't have that program. So she knows that um, regardless of what happens between her and her boyfriend uh, she has to move away mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really um, a great uh, character um, development for her I don't remember what her name is but um, because um, so often uh, you uh, I remember as a girl often just seeing um, in movies or reading in books that um, girls and women 
tended to be written to make their life decisions based on what the men were doing in their life. Oh, yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah. And so to for her to be able to make that statement of, you know, and, until I know where you're going, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to know where, where we're going. going. Yeah. yeah, so that was a really bold statement, and it showed just, like, the strong character that she was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she's very mature, and mm-hmm. she knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she wants him. She loves mm-hmm. him. She mm-hmm. wants to stay with him, but she's not going to sacrifice her career she's not gonna let that hold her back yeah and i love i love that i I did too yeah Mm -hmm. exactly um like i said i love the dialogue this is one of my favorite books that you picked up i i can't wait to read the rest to see what happens because the dialogue is just i really fell in love with the writing the writing Mm -hmm. style is really cute and clever and uh very very well written i really loved it so the masks uh he gets in a swap meet and um it's a uh, mask that gives him the power of electricity mm-hmm. from his hands. Yeah. And then the other one gives him like cat like reflexes. Yes. I mm-hmm. thought that was so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it's the power of the panther. Yeah. Right? It's not just any panther. cat. It's a panther. It's a panther. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other one uh, helps him fly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing is like when uh, he tells his friend about what's going on, he's like, Dude, you know, like we were raised on co- uh, comics, video games, and wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what you gotta do. You gotta you know be a superhero. You, you gotta be a superhero. Yeah. yeah, and he and like he's reluctant with this life. He's stuck in his rut. He loves the way his life is going. Um, he doesn't want to rock the boat. He's reluctant yes. to take on the mantle mm-hmm. of of being mm-hmm. a superhero. And he's like, dude, just you know, like the, our community is being like plagued from yes. you know his friend who's like the bro dude. He kind of has this clear um clear moment where he's like look outside there's nothing out there the lights don't even work like the Mm -hmm. kids aren't outside playing there's our our you know friend from high school he's a meth addict he you know try to rob the store and now you know like he's a tweaker like this is really going on in our community and you can Mm -hmm. really make a difference yeah and he's just like i don't know (laughs) <laughs> I think that was my favorite thing about the comic is that it was very lighthearted, mm-hmm. but it managed to hit home like some deep like messages yeah. and stuff, and like it it was very real. And like and what you were saying about the dialogue, I do love the dialogue a lot because it felt natural. Absolutely, because it felt like I had something that I would have a, like I've, I had a conversation mm-hmm. like that with my girlfriend, well ex girlfriend, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like I've like I've talked with my best friend and something. Well, not about being a superhero, but like. Like, what can we do to, like, change our community kind mm-hmm. of thing? And, like, and it's just, like, and not even, like, we were having, like, a deep discussion. It was just us, like, we were just, like, hanging out, and mm-hmm. we just talk about these things. These things come up. And that's what I really love about the book is the natural feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like you could be dropped in there and you would know. Absolutely. I completely know. agree. Uh, and you mentioned this, too, before we started, but you kind of just hit uh, right now the point of community and wanting to help your community. Um, and one of the things that it was brought up in the book was that there used to be a uh, group of, um, of like, quote-unquote superheroes, and they were called Los Maximos. Yeah, uh, and um, there there's a scene in here where uh, the girlfriend is talking um, with Monte about um, the stuff that is uh, happening and how um, there used to be these superheroes that her dad told her about, mm-hmm. and um, they're talking about how the community has just been going downhill and that they don't have these um, Maximos anymore, mm-hmm. that they disappeared in 1957. Mm-hmm, exactly. So um, yeah. that is kind of like a little nugget of like things 
things that I feel oh, like are going to be explored. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I love that. I love that. Like, I honestly think that this might have been one of the best written comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. we that was picked up. Like, I love the others, but this one like has like real potential. Yeah. like uh, to really absolutely. go somewhere. To like, if like, man, if we're gonna say like something's gonna be an ongoing, yeah, that one has potential because it gives hints like. They used to be superheroes, yeah. Here, but what happened to them? Mm-hmm. Like a kind of a bit of a Watchmen situation, mm-hmm. exactly. Bit. Yeah, but like Hispanicized. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, it was uh one of the things I think that the friend, the bro friend said. I forgot his name too. Um, but he's like, you gotta do it yourself justice, dude. Like mm-hmm. you gotta step up. And he's just like, I don't think so. He's like, what don't you do? He goes, no. It's your responsibility. You're the one who got these masks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, he's definitely a beta male. He's not alpha at all. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, um, but fortunately, as this, we re- uh, proceed to read the story, we see him that he encounters a scene where um, there's a gentleman who has a walker, um, and he's obviously mm-hmm. disabled. Um, he um, He's walking on the street, and there's these three kids who uh, look like hoodlums. Mm-hmm. Uh, proceed to start punking him and bullying him, and he's like, hey, stop it right there. And they're like, m- m- uh, what did they say? Uh, what did they say? Move they said, along. Walk away, punk. Yeah, walk away, punk. <laughs> that's exa- yeah, that's exactly right. But he's like, and then he, I think he just, um, I don't know if it's that single moment where he just has a moment of clarity where he puts on the mask and he's like, no, I'm not yeah. gonna walk away from this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I love this book, man. Yeah. I super loved it. I <laughs> cannot. I, I, I mean, just the yeah. the dialogue, the way it's written is just really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, the writer must have some kind of like superpowers to just kind of bring, <laughs> you know, regular banter, kind of beautiful dialogue, and 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 just really. It really emphasizes the personality of the characters, and I'm already in love with it. Well, um, I don't – this says number one on the cover, so I'm assuming that there are more. I don't – I'm trying to rack my brain if I remembered whether or not they had a number two, and I feel like there was another book on the table, but I don't remember if it was number two or not. But um, hopefully we'll be able to um, – follow up i um i friended bernice on facebook so i can just ask her about number two (laughs) and uh and uh and then we can definitely and uh i meant to mention this too before we started but um we will include um all the contact information for all these creators on our facebook and i'll try to um take pictures of each of them and put them up on instagram with um all of the um can maybe uh tagging the creators and connecting them to any of the contact info so that you guys can get your own copies as well excellent i love that idea nice on the side note i actually love the um um, behind the scenes pages yeah. at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah I really like that because, like I said, I'm really a fan of seeing the process come to life. Yeah. And I really I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last book we're going to talk about today, Kristen? So the last book was, um, I think, my favorite. My um, favorite, too. <laughs> it's kind a good of one. I very much like it. And uh, when I was walking by the table, I saw this comic book with a um a picture of Edgar Allan Poe on the on the front um standing in front of a crypt 
and the book said Poe Noir. And yeah. that was it. I didn't even have to open it and look at it. I was like, I'm buying your book. I don't, <laughs> I don't even uh, need to know what it's about. Give me your book. So, I like that. Um, the book uh, is a, a small comic book sized uh, book, and it has uh, two stories inside. And the uh, two stories, the first is called um, A Cask in the Crescent City. And the second one is Loving and Loathing in a Madman's Supposing. I loved it. And you know what I really enjoyed about this? It's also that the fact that they give us the full story within one book. Yes. Uh-huh. And the full two stories. So, um, yeah. Um, it, it's sort of, I guess, it's going to be like what Twilight Zone, where you get like the full story in one episode. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that about this. Um, I like the fact that it's um, they're inspired by works by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And uh, let me just, do you guys want to start or do you want me to start? Because I love this book. No. <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You know, the first page you see is just a white font and a black page Mm -hmm. so i'm just like i I haven't even opened my mind to anything i'm just reading these words (laughs) in this beautiful font and then you turn the page and my god let me tell you that first turn i was just artist dude my god you blew me away blew me away i was just completely like struck by these first two pages of drawings absolutely i mean uh, there's a lot of content in it every every space is taken up by something Mm -hmm. but it's clearly visible and you can see what it is Mm -hmm. yeah so the art is by graham sisk uh, and the stories are written by tim i think it's it's i want to say zahak um if you read it uh, without the accent it would be zajac (laughs) (laughs) but um i don't know how he pronounces it i didn't ask him but um uh yes art uh art by graham sisk graham is the uh the art dude and he is amazing oh my god this thing oh my and you know what Uh, i mean it's just black and white there's no color at all which really lends itself to the the whole noir feeling of this book um, but the things that he does with the, the, the black and the white and just the, I mean, it's just black and white, but there's really a tone feeling. To and there's it. a lot of depth too. Yes. There's a yeah. lot of like, yeah. it's not just kind of just, you know, two dimensional. Absolutely, I mean, it yeah. really jumps at you. Mm-hmm. Like I said, just turning the page, I was just like dumbstruck. I yeah. was like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen anything like that. Yes. So uh, you know, I don't think I have either. You know what it reminds me of? Uh-huh. It, re- <laughs> it reminds me of um, the black, like, um, the black felt poster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, when you were a kid, I don't When I was a kid, I used to buy them to, like, paint color. the oh, color. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah but it, this is what it looks like before you would color it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just, like, the the detail in just black and white that he is able to show is amazing. Yeah, and it yeah. shows like a third dimensional kind of feel. It doesn't feel flat at all. It no, it feels no. really full of dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, I what I, what I was looking at, what I felt was that we there's a there's there's a white paint over 
black paint and i felt like he was etching the color into it to bring out the black uh-huh. um i don't know that's just a feel i got but i just loved it yeah love the art oh absolutely it's there's something there's something almost like it feels almost like stripped and raw yeah so stark yeah. and almost like cutting it's very very much something that you would think of with noir and i do love that artwork it's it's so captivating and it's just and it, like in if you when like sometimes in art like when you when you go into it and you like look at it and you can just see like blurry little outlines that people like from a distance that actually does look like people but when you look closer there's no features in this one when you look closely the features are still there oh yeah they're small but they're still there Mm -hmm. and it's like amazing how he was able to do that and what i feel about this particular comic book i felt that this was the best marriage of dialogue and image of the three I think it was such a wonderful, just kind of like a wonderful pairing, a wonderful marriage between the the writer and the artist. Um, I I Ooh, completely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the um, the stories themselves were really good. Um, I I felt they were very dark and eerie, mm-hmm. um, sort of like that 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 weird darkness everyone has inside them yeah we can actually see it in these pages i i I totally love them it's it's easy to read because um they did such a good job with putting the paneling with the wordings um so i really i really enjoyed this book it was just yeah it really flowed naturally Mm -hmm. so each uh of the stories in the book um are inspired by actual edgar Allan poe stories and the first one which uh was the um cask in the crescent city was inspired by the poe story the cask of amontillado and then the second one which was the um Loving, I love this title, Loving and Loathing in a Madman Supposing was um, inspired by Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you've read both of those stories, um, the artist does such an excellent job incorporating components of each of those stories into each of the ones that are here in the book through the art. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually are, are reading the post stories and then you come and you read here, you can see that um, just the story is being told through the picture so well in collaboration with the original post uh, story. Oh, nice. I haven't read the original Poe stories, but that's something I, that this book would inspire me to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That and it's just I feel like um, you get the gist of the Poe stories in it, but it definitely helps if you read like if you if you read it if you read the posters you can see the similarities yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, like the allusions to yes. what has happened in the original story and that in itself is amazing they did such a great job with yeah. that but just you don't need to have read the posters no you don't because the story itself has it and mm-hmm. you can get a gist of it but i i would recommend like reading it just to like fully capture just that eerie yeah. that Edgar Allan Poe was known for yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I just love it so much the interesting thing um, when you uh, kind of um, do some research about the second story, which is the black cat, uh, the black cat was actually um, deemed to kind of be like a follow-up story to Telltale Heart. Oh, okay. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, so it, the story is supposed to be um, kind of like the development of the guilt that the murderer feels for what he did. 
and how it just eats them up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that was, uh, when I read that, I thought that was really super uh, interesting because Telltale Heart is one of, um, I think, the most widely well-known of Poe's stories. Mm-hmm. We all had to read it uh, at some point, I think, Telltale in our school. Telltale Heart, The Raven. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Um, I love... Uh, we were talking about this earlier where um, one of the images, one of the panels in, in the book was uh, an actual print that was sold yes. at, the, at the convention. Yes, I wanted that, to buy that it. We are, well, I'm kicking myself for not having purchased <laughs> it. And I actually, I took a little walk around too um, right before it opened. And that was one of the things that caught my eye was, was the actual print. And I said, oh, my God, this is this one of the panels in your comic book? And he said, yes. And I said, I am so amazed on how you push the boundaries of how people uh, put the paneling mm-hmm. in comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there is a paw of a cat, and within the paw are the drawings, and around it is the dialogue. Um, but it's, um, it's really they really pushed the envelope on this whole paneling and I was just like so in awe yeah. and I was just mm-hmm. commenting and I'm kicking myself for not <laughs> having purchased I know, me too. the, the print. Um, and actually the second story is written by uh, Miguel Acedo so different than the first person um, the first person was Tim Sahak and then um, Miguel Acedo is the uh, lo- loving and loathing story and they had a um, special where it was the print plus the book plus something else and I was like no I'll just take the book oh, oh no I was like man <laughs> now for me I actually like the second story, story? Uh-huh. a bit more because it's also the one that freaks me out yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty yeah. eerie yeah. I was just like oh man and like I'm with you I love that title loving and loathing in the madman supposing yes and it's it's just so good. Like, basically, the story is that there's a writer, and he's out of ideas. And that in itself, you got me. You <laughs> got me. I'm right? already shook. We're in. Like, yes. like we uh, are there with you. We are there with you. Like, the the worst, I think one of my biggest nightmares is when I've run out of ideas. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm, they, or, mm-hmm. like, writer's block and everything. I'm like, but this guy, is, he's so anxious because he's hit it big. Like, you get clues that he's already hit yes, it big. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and uh, so people expect that of him. Expect greatness from him, yeah. but he can't, he can't meet it, and it's eating him up mm-hmm. inside. It's utterly, like, consuming him that he needs to make something. He needs to do something. Anything will do, but yeah. it won't come out mm-hmm. and the worst part i think is that he has such an under an understanding i'm assuming his wife mm-hmm. is such an understanding and nurturing person in his life but i think it frustrates him that she's so just supportive yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think he wants her to be frustrated with, with him with yeah. him yeah mm-hmm. for not being able to uh to produce his story and it's Really interesting what you were saying about how that's your your um, greatest nightmare of not being able to come up with stories and with ideas. And I think to a certain extent, that's everybody's nightmare. And on a more grand scale, I think everybody's um, nightmare is in some way, shape, or form not being successful. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and not following through. And at the end of the day, um, you know at the end of your life looking back and saying you know what have I done and I think that's one thing that really um, 
interests me about Poe's work, um, he really had this like deep psychological uh, aspect to his writing. And I think every single person who reads the stories um, is able, I think that's why they're so chilling is because they're able to identify in one in, in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. That was the thing about Edgar Allan Poe. He was able to capture these, these human fears yeah. very clearly and it freaked people out especially in that time era absolutely like like, because they were supposed to there was this whole like modesty and everything yeah of like of suppression like you that these thoughts aren't appropriate right and then he's there writing them and you're just like like oh my god like how could you but it's still it's still so relevant because it's still so true right even though like it was like like oh no like we all like know what we are and stuff kind of like (laughs) and what that's what i really like about this is that these are modern adaptations of uh these stories yes i mean the cast of amon uh, amontillado Amontillado, it's set in new orleans Uh uh-huh oh i love that too yeah Yeah. it it, it was great and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that i like that how he captured the crowds yeah, in in, yeah. in the imagery, I thought that was sensational. Yeah, it's because the original story takes place in Italy, right? Um, but this one takes place in New Orleans, which has a heavy French yes. and Italian like uh, influence, mostly French, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and the whole um, Creole voodoo. Oh yeah, history yeah, that's there definitely. too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's um, it's. So it's, I think, and it takes place during Mardi Gras. Yes. Um, so again, uh, during a carnival, mm-hmm. and it's just the, it's so, it, so like even though it's, it feels like it takes place like sometime in the 1920s mm-hmm. or 30s, mm-hmm. like during like maybe Depression era, like the like a mafioso era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's still like you can, it still feels like modern. It, it's like modernism yeah. a bit, mm-hmm. and it's very good, but. The um, uh, loving and loathing in the madman's posing, uh, that one is even more mm-hmm. so because that one you can see is he's using a laptop. He's yes, like, uh-huh. he has like he, you know, there's a TV. They're building a barbecue pit, like yeah. a really like super modern one. And that one like it's so it's like it's like present. It's like so it feels like something that you may would see in the news, mm-hmm. like that something horrible, terrible happened, and everybody's like, how could this happen? And then yeah. That's how. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's, it gives you the, ah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, little tidbits, like, for instance, when you see him look at his uh, previous book, and, ooh, <laughs> when you see him look at his previous book and you see a picture of him with, like, uh, good praises, like, good reviews on his book, yeah. like, the little yeah. quotes and stuff, so you know it's, it's, it's fairly set in, like, the present era, for sure, but, yeah, no, I love this book, love it, I can't wait to see what happens in like episode uh, episodes issue two <laughs> issue three like um if they're giving us a full story like this it's it doesn't feel like i need to like um wait to have the story develop it's it's already given to me and it does give me even in the few pages that it had i mean the imagery and the, the dialogue and the uh, narration really get you in that dark mood yeah which mm-hmm. is what they're going for with this it's really great i loved it so I don't remember um, also on this table whether or not I saw they had other ones. I think they were just um, offering this one. So I would be really interested to know if they were going to do anything else. Um, I would love to see like a, like a, I don't know, some other adaptation, adaptation some other author and, and then 
with a noir twist on it. That noir thing really gets me, I have yeah. to say. I really, really enjoyed it. And if that's their stick, I'm all in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're all in. Y'all have my money. Y'all yeah, have my Yeah, take attention. my money. <laughs> like, like a... a I, I know this is silly, but like even a, a Stephen King noir. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like maybe they can do this in like a 10 issue and then go to a Stephen King yeah. one. And maybe then, you know, like just, oh, that'd be great. That'd be so cool. Um, so, you know what? We didn't even rate these books. I know. I was going to say that. <laughs> <at the end. laughs> so uh, what do we rate Tuesday, girls? Uh, well, King said for sure gets my three conchas. Um, I loved the lightheartedness. It's definitely an all-ages book, um, which I really uh, love that. Um, whenever I can um, recommend a book to all ages, um, that makes me super happy. Um, I enjoy the uh, the Latino uh, whole quinceanera uh, thing about it. So three conchas for me. Yeah, definitely. I feel three conchas for me as well. I love this book. I love the art. I love, super, super love that it's in Spanish as well. Oh, yeah. So it's something that I can even have my husband read, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, I love the way that um, a lot of the little girls came up to our table um, because they saw the ghost oh, book yes. on our table. Yes. And we were able to say, hey, if you like this one, maybe you want to yes. read about Quince. So you know, absolutely Great point, uh, Sarah. The fact that there were so many young girls that came yes. up to the table oh and were able to identify ghosts and to say that, oh, I read that, or, oh, my friend has that, or, oh, I read Sisters, and that they're already reading comics. And oh, yeah. so happy. I know. Yeah. I, it was definitely very pleasant to see that happening. Um, and it was so cool to say, hey, there's another book you might enjoy, mm -hmm. Quince. It's in the first yeah. hall, and they're right at the, the yeah. uh, you know, at the front. And then uh, we, you kind of gave them the kind of spiel about, like, she gets superpowers when uh -huh. she turns 15. So mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate that about you know, about this. So I'm going to give it three, three conchas. Just hearing you guys, yeah, I'm going to Because I was stuck in between two and a half and uh -huh. three because I wanted a little bit more content. Yeah. But I, uh, at the same time, it is in Spanish. Like, they added, like... I feel like mm -hmm. maybe uh, that has something to do with why there isn't a lot of content because they uh -huh. had to save space for the whole entire book in another yeah, language. In another mm -hmm. language. And that does take up space. Yeah. And the fact that we were able to recommend this book, like, I was saying, like, oh, if you've read Ghost, you should read Quinta yeah. as well. And I do, I, I appreciate what they're doing and what they're doing. So they get the full three quotes. Yeah. It's a good yeah. <laughs> it's a good all ages book that you can give to your daughter or you can give to any kid who just wants to read to help yeah. them learn. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, full on. Um, I, I'm very confident in referring them to read this book. Yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, the next one is uh, Monte, Monte Gomez. Gomez, not Moreno. <laughs> <laughs> or Gutierrez, or <laughs> it's supposed to be Gutierrez Moreno. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, um, Monte Gomez is the luchador. Yes. So, uh, Jen, we'll start with you. Uh, what, do you what do you rate this um, book? This one gets the full three conchas and a champurrado. <laughs> I agree. Because I, I agree. really do love it. And I really, this one uh, really, like, super, like, totally feels like a superhero book. Like yeah. Yes. Origin. Origin story yeah. right here for sure. Origin yes. story right yeah. here for sure. And I love it. And, and 
we didn't even mention it, but I love the cover art. I love the yes, yeah, that's a whole different that's a whole different artist, I think, than from the one who's doing the inside. Mm-hmm. I believe yes, they said the right, cover yeah. art was by so and so, and I love K Prime does yeah. his cover. K Prime. I love this book. I agree with you, Tres Conchas and a Champorrado for me, too. I loved it. Like I said, the dialogue, oh, had me at hello. <laughs> you had me at hello. Just that. This is a story, not about the story about the town I grew up in. It's a story about how I grew up in this town. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so clever. And the dialogue with the girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. I just can't, I can't praise it enough. I love it. Well, I'm going to give it three conchas. I'm saving my champurrado for uh, for Poe. But um, <laughs> I really did like it, and I actually would definitely keep reading. I want to see what happens. Yes. Uh, and I am uh, really excited to learn more about uh, the maxim- Los Maximos. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I want to know. I want I I to know, know everything. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. apparently, I mean, if it's Los Maximos, there's more than one. So yes. I guess... Each each person had a, uh, had a mask. A mask yeah. yeah. So I'm, I really want to know what happens. Maybe he'll talk his girlfriend and his friend into it's wearing a mask. Oh, oh my oh, God. I I did, oh my I God. The coming of the Maximo. Yes, oh yes, I love it. But how did I they mean, lose the mask? That's I mean, what I want to know. It's a kind of social word. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, it. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Nice. I, I would, oh. Woof. Woof. <laughs> I love potential, yeah. Yes. I love, I love, I love it. One. I love it. Uh, okay, so like I said, did you read it, Kristen? What? Did you? Yeah, read I it? said three. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saving my champurrado for Poe Noir. Mm. Poe Noir gets three conchas and champurrado for me. I loved it visually. Uh, I mean, honestly, Luchador is in black and white, and so is Poe Noir. But mm. they're so completely different. different. Very different. So different. Very different. And visually, Pone Noir is just like, I, I can't even describe it. It's amazing. It's more uh, astounding. It grabs your yes. eye more. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I definitely am a sucker for noir. I'm a sucker for horror. Uh, and so this was just everything that I love all wrapped up in one. So, Tres Conchas and and Andy <laughs> and <Yes>. a Champorado. <laughs> well, for me, I'm going to give it the Padaneria. <laughs> I love this book. I mean, oh my, cannot praise it enough. The art, the uh, content, um, everything. It's just so me in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 1994 me. So I, I, it's La Padaneria for me, guys. I love it. It's, yeah. It's, I, I want to know what. More. What more can they give us? Well, yeah. Right. I, I, mean, I know. I want more of this. Mm-hmm. Give me the red mask of death. Give me silver bells tolling. But um, it gets three chocolate chunks. I'm like, ooh, they come with chocolate? I've only had strawberry. I've been just somewhere chocolate underwear. I can't believe you guys know about flavored underwear. Hey, man, I've done some risque stuff. Yeah, I say don't do it. It's not worth it. If you wear them, yeah, but. <laughs> it's just all bad. It's sticky. It's not, and it's. it's <laughs> 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 Reviewing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
How did this go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mispronounced what I was trying to say. <laughs> because I don't know, man. I was thinking, I was thinking like I was gonna say concha, uh-huh. and then I don't know, but like out of out of somewhere, like I I thought like. I wanted to go back, like, to English, uh-huh. but oh, that's yeah, someone, yeah. it, like, it oh, turned to yeah. chongas or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that happens to me, that happens to me but too. But no, it gets three chocolate conchas. <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's where I messed up, because I said chocolate. chocolate. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, ah. I wanted it to rhyme, yeah. but no, it didn't, it didn't work out. <laughs> it went horribly wrong. It went horribly wrong. Um, I'd like to have, uh, make a special mention to uh, Jaime Hernandez and Lalo Alcaraz. Yes. Yes. You guys made the con for us. My gosh. Like, if it wasn't amazing enough, you guys just, man, said it, you know, like, freaking to the... Through, Yes, so we're on episode 14, and um, hopefully some of you have already uh, listened to others of our podcasts, but number one, uh, Comadrecy Comics podcast was all about Maggie the Mechanic, which uh, is a uh, Jaime Hernandez uh, book, and we had the amazing opportunity to speak to him Mm -hmm. uh, at the East Los Angeles Comic Con, and I'm telling you, I'm not even exaggerating that we all had tears in our eyes. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. It was very, very emotional for us all, and I I actually asked him about the uh, story that we shared on our first podcast about whether or not it was true that it was his mother that introduced him and his brother to comics and he was able to confirm that that was a true story and um, talked to us a little bit about how his mother used to send his older brother uh, Mario out to buy comics to come and bring home for the younger brothers. Oh, that's so wonderful. He was super nice. He was nice enough to take pictures with us and even though we were freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) I was was freaking out. You can check out the picture. We've shared it on both Instagram and on Facebook but he was just so nice. Super nice, yeah. super nice, and it was just so iconic to see him there. And he was there as a guest, um, mm-hmm. as as one of the people that came into the con, not, yeah. not as a he person. He was just an attendee, yeah. coming yeah. hanging attendee, out. Attendee, that's what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. But yes, you're, and I was like, whoa, that's just so. Wow. So rad. So rad. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Yes, rad is. I actually mean, we chose that book because of the fact that it was. It's just an iconic Latino comic uh creator and uh uh the um love and rockets is just uh one of the first underground uh latino comics that were really came became mainstream and has such big praise and acclaim even to this day and a huge following yeah and oh, a yeah. huge following Still, to this day mm-hmm. absolutely um, uh, also to Lalo Alcaraz, mm-hmm. uh, special mention to him because he helped me with my box <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we were trying to leave the convention center after breaking down um, our table. Um, he helped me carry the box over to the car, and then I realized who it was. Yeah. <laughs> so Lalo is the first Latino to ever have a syndicated cartoon in um, a, a newspaper, and that's like a big deal Huge. to have syndicated, um, mm-hmm. but then to be the first Latino to have that happen, he um, he draws and writes La Cucaracha, mm-hmm. and um, his comics are um, very political, and um, it's really... Uh, cool the art that he had at his table um very very um reactionary to what's going on in our 
um, communities now in our Latino communities with a lot of the immigration issues and things like that. And um, it just was really awesome talking to him as well. And we all bought um, his button um, with his with his iconic saying um, when Trump was coming out with all of these um, really uh, negative uh, laws and um, all the talk he was doing about um, being against immigration, um, Lalo came out and said, you know what, um, he, he came out with this great saying, if you're brown, double down. We're not giving up. We're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. On the side note, um, I was telling my cousin, uh, she graduated from Bryn Mawr College in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, I was talking to her about meeting him, and she's like, I actually wrote a paper on La Cucaracha. Oh, wow. We studied it. Uh, we studied it in our, uh, in our Latin, I think, Latin studies. or uh, I can't remember what was the course she was taking, but uh, she they said that they brought out some of his content um, as far as to, you know, uh, part of the curriculum. Right. Uh-huh. And she wrote a paper on it. That's and awesome. And she's like, I'm like... Oh, my God. That's so awesome. <laughs> like, it's so cool. And I think it's great that they're teaching it in school, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the fact that they are teaching it in school um, and that he's already such a, um uh, important and strong presence and force uh, in the Latino political um, environment mm-hmm. and the fact that he was there sitting behind his little table two tables down from yeah, us yeah. I know right uh, it's so yes. oh my god it's some it, oh, I, I can't even wrap my head around it and I was there yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean again just kudos to Peter Molini and all of the other organizers of East Los Angeles Comic Con um, the inaugural show was amazing it was a hit it was a success Comadre C Comics had an amazing time I think we um, earned uh, and met a lot of new listeners and um, we definitely can't wait to do it again absolutely please please let us into the second one <laughs> the second <laughs> annual East LA Comic Con I totally loved it and yes thank you so much for all your hard work it definitely paid off So now we're raffling um, Spider-Man, guys. Yay. Spider-Man Pineta. Spider-Man. 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 Does <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> so the winner of the Spider-Man Pinata is it Peter Parker or Miles under there? No, oh. it's Parker. It's Parker. <laughs> Parker. It's Parker because of the his outfit. outfit. His costume is red. That's okay. We can make one. (laughs) (laughs) So, the winner of the Spider-Man Piñata is ticket number 2067562. You are the winner of the Spider-Man. Yes. Bravo. Um, and now, ladies, we're going to do some beer tasting. Um, I put it in the uh, freezer. It's, it's it because right I now. just said uh, serve cold. Oh, so I'm uh-huh. like, oh, darn, we've had it out for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn, we talked too much. I love the can. It's the prettiest tone of purple. And the name of it is Haze. So I'm assuming that it's a play on Purple Haze. Yes. yes. The Purple Jimmy Haze. Hendrix. Yes, yes. exactly. I'm going to be playing Purple Haze in the background. <laughs> uh, Jen, if you can do us the honors of letting us know what we're drinking, it's right on the... So, directly from the can, it says, <sighs> We are excited that you are holding Treehouse Brewing Company's Hop 
saturated double IPA haze. Uh, haze is a soft and dangerously drinkable beer with flavors and aromas of orange juice, fresh peach, and papaya offset by a gentle bitterness. It is intensely flavorful, yet well-balanced. Haze is the result of our uncompromising dedication to fresh, progressive, and delightful beer. We hope you enjoy it with laughter, good cheer, and in the company of those you love. Oh, yeah. I love, love I love that it says dangerously drinkable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Because a double IPA yeah. is definitely dangerous. So for it to be a beer that uh, I haven't tasted it yet. I'm just smelling it. And oh, the it smells is just, it's making my mouth water. And all of those those fruits and those citruses that Jen talked about, like as she's talking about it, mm-hmm. it just really like uh, enhanced the, the what I was actually smelling. My palate was already looking forward to tasting it. <laughs> Excellent. And the can itself it holds one pint? Pint? One pint. One yeah. pint. And it is an 8.2. Wow. 8.2 is really high. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very nice. So we'd like to drink to Compton Eric from the Mustache Castache podcast. He has been our our beer supplier for this evening. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you guys are into beer tasting um, and beer... um, beers in general the mustache cash stash also does a lot of beer tasting on their podcast so look for them as well okay i just took my first sip this is Kristen, and <laughs> i would say that there is nothing on that can that is more true than the fact that this is dangerously drinkable absolutely as it a is. double ipa okay so ipas are fairly hoppy uh, and um, a lot of people don't like drinking IPAs, especially uh, like my mother is a Bud drinker or Miller Lite or, or Michelob Lite or whatever those light beers that's on sale at Rite Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever I hand her an IPA, the face that she makes is just like, ah, oh, like this is horrible. I can't stand it. Um, and so that's kind of like people who are not craft beer drinkers. That's the reaction you usually get. Um, and it's kind of, uh, I think, it's something that uh, is an acquired taste for sure. But this is not that at all. And it's a double IPA. This is so smooth. It doesn't have that, that kick. It has an IPA taste for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't. It, it's an IPA after all. But there's no, like, really like surprise at all it's just smooth and it goes down so good it is absolutely amazing i really love it it's delicious uh you know what that's it y'all have converted me (laughs) i'm gonna drink ipas now so long as they taste like this okay so i can taste the fruit in there um the the peach and the papaya Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. And, I mean, if you're a beer drinker, you know that when you say that there is fruit flavor, it's not sweet. It's not overpowering. It's not uh, It's not a cider. Um, it's just those those very subtle hints of, of that fruit flavor. It's so good. Absolutely. I agree. This is just, oh, man, it just, um, it's. I can't even, it's something else. It's very good. It's very delicious. It's very fresh. 
As a matter of fact, it feels like uh, you got this on tap. It, and I can't even yeah. imagine yeah. it actually yeah. being even fresher than what it tastes like right now. Uh-huh. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Me with too. Compton, yeah. Eric, you're the man. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yay. Well, he's a good beer picker. So um, <laughs> I put my my beer pellet in his hand. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, so what do you guys rate this? Mm. I've never done a rigid before, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with rigid. Agreed. This is definitely rigid. Even though it was canned, it feels like it came right off the tap. Yeah. And just a a, a reminder, our beer rating um, on the bottom is flaccid. And then we have initial, then partial, then full, and then rigid. So we have uh, five uh, levels, and I'm on the very fifth level at rigid. Absolutely. And I'm there, too. I don't. I didn't think I could ever get... Too rigid, but this is it. Yeah, this is it for me, definitely. This is definitely a rigid. This <laughs> is really good. And I mean, when it says dangerously drinkable, um, I mean an ABV of eight point five is pretty high alcohol by volume content. And so, if you're drinking a beer that goes down this smoothly and doesn't have that like that really tough, rough. IPA hoppy aftertaste and you're just drinking this beer and you're enjoying your evening or you're having it with a meal um, and you just keep drinking and drinking. I mean, I, honestly, after one pint of this, I think for sure you, you're already going to be feeling yeah, it. Absolutely. This is, this is I think, something you you take out for that special someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 let's say your girlfriend comes over and, you know, she's the one. You, you, you take this can out and you drink it together. I, that's how I feel. And I'm and I'm, if she's I'm, drinking double IPAs with you, she's she the, is one. the one. <laughs> Definitely, I'm actually jealous of people in Massachusetts who can enjoy this on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah, I'm jealous. I oh love uh, I love tasting uh, breweries from uh, around the United States. Well, around the world, but it makes me sad for sure when uh, I know that I can't get to them as readily as I might want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can't even begin to tell you where you can find this or anything because I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, guys. How did but, he even or get, how did he get it? Do you know? I think uh, beer trading. I think beer trading. Oh. Yeah. So this is a special can. It's not okay. like something that just, you know, you can pick up at anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, Treehouse Brewing Company, uh, I'm sure they have um, they have a Facebook or website or Instagram or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what the laws are for shipping beers in the mail, but I'm sure that you can get your hands on it, and it's definitely worth it. Absolutely agreed. So now, guys, we are doing. We're just raffling away everything Yay. and the kitchen sink. So, <laughs> so now we're raffling off the Superman piñata. I just realized he has the cute little curly oh, yeah. ears. <laughs> yes, iconic. It's iconic. a li- it's a likeness. <laughs> okay, so the winner of the Superman piñata with his cute little curly cues is ticket number two zero six. Seven seven one two, 
And these Ooh. people kept the wrong side of the, <laughs> of the <laughs> ticket. So hopefully they have uh, they have the ticket. Yeah. Uh, please remember, guys, uh, have your tickets out while listening this, to this episode because we still have, uh, I think, three or four more raffles to go, guys. Four more raffles to go. So don't lose heart. You might still win. Um, In any case, now, girls, what is on your radar? What is on your radar? (laughs) Okie dokie. So this is Kristen, and on my radar this week is an Aftershock uh, publishing company number one that came out just this Wednesday, and it's called The Normals. It's written by Adam Glass, who um, you might know from um, being the executive producer of Supernatural, Criminal Minds, and also Cold Case. So he's a TV dude who um, is now writing for comics. He has written for Aftershock um, before he wrote, um, actually, what was um, what was it called? It was the one with Teddy Roosevelt, um, Rough Riders. He wrote mm-hmm. Rough Riders uh, for Aftershock, and he's also written... Um, the uh, that one called the Golem, uh, mm. was it Joe Golem? Joe, no, 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 not, not Joe Golem. Was it? Is it just the Golem? No, it's not. Um, no, it's Clay something. I can't remember, but it's a it's a story, um, kind of about Jewish uh, folklore of the Golem, and it was really really good, and I really enjoyed it. So he's really hitting them out of the park. Adam Glass is with his comic book. Um, career and this one is his newest one um, out by Aftershock called The Normals and um, it's a a kind of a story about um, this family we're introduced to and uh, we are kind of taken along this ride with this family who basically has this idea um, that uh, I'm going to read actually the um, the little synopsis of the book um, to you. And it they basically say, think about your life for a moment. The people you've known, the ones you've loved, and all the stuff in between. Now, imagine you learned that everything you believed, everything you lived, everything you felt actually never happened. It was all not real. But it is real to you, and now you must fight to save it and everyone you love. But to do that... You first have to save the world. Welcome to the Normals, an exciting new Rush of Blood to the Head series at Aftershock Comics. So that is kind of the the little vague synopsis that it has. Um, I read the first issue. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, the cool thing about it is that it's actually uh, drawn by a Latino. It's drawn by Dennis Calero, um, who actually won the Latino Trendsetter Award in 2016. And uh, the colorist is um, a Brazilian colorist by the name of Adriano Augusto. So um, there's a lot of um, Latino um, input here in this book. Um, and I'll just say that um, it's super creepy, and I really want to know where it's going to go. Um, so definitely on my radar, the normals pick it up. Uh, it came out number one this week, and it should still be on a LCS shelf near you. I love it already. My gosh. I'm I'm a little tipsy from the beer. But, <laughs> but um, it, it sounds really good. It, it's it's so vague in the presentation yeah. you gave us, but it 
it's kind of well. I'm not going to give it away because I want you guys to read uh, the number one. But yeah, that that little vague synopsis. If I would have just read that, I would have been hooked. But after right. reading number one, I'm even more hooked, and I want to know what happens. And oh, Adam Glass cool. is just amazing. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. Um, what is on your radar, Jen? Well, actually, um, I wanted to correct something from the previous podcast. Okay. I had actually mixed up the plots of uh, A Silent Voice and Your Name. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I watched too many things. It's like in too, <laughs> in too short of a, so like I like fused them together into mm-hmm. this weird uh, um, amalgamation of something that is not real. But I still do recommend everybody watch your name. <laughs> and read the manga when we finally get it. <laughs> nice. But, um, and if you're interested, just read the synopsis and you'll see where I messed up. Um, but actually, on my radar is another manga book instead of an anime movie. It's uh, This is a manga. And it's called um, um, The Ancient Mage's Bride. And um, mm. it's published by Seven Seas Entertainment. And it is a fantasy series, a fantasy, fantasy shonen series, and it's so good. Like, manga is mostly kind of known for kind of having, like, a similar style. It's mostly about the plot that really distinguishes it from others. And But for Ancient Magus Bride, the artwork is absolutely stunning. Wow. It is really, really good. It, it distinguishes itself from everything else, and it's so good so the plot for this is basically it follows um uh, chise hatori a penniless orphan troubled by vision visions so sold as a slave to an inhuman mage she is about to begin a strange new life filled with magic fairies and other beings of fant- of a fantastical nature oh that yeah, sounds cool. cool yeah it's very like it's very vague but it's very heavy on the fantasy and it's Really, really good. And the reason I picked this up was because someone recommended it to me um, uh, on Discord um, uh, that I'm a, I'm a part of a chat room of. And they're like, you should read this because it's very heavy on Irish uh, oh. fantasy lore. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the characters or one of the side characters in the story is this kind of uh, vampire that – but it – that she – uh, what she basically feeds off is cre- is like the life energy of people, not blood, uh-huh. but like life energy. Yeah. And they usually go after um, uh, creative people, artists, oh. writers. Oh, uh, nice. Like, uh, but the thing is, like, they feed off their life force, but they give them creativity. However, they die young. Oh. And she and she wants to she does she is falling in love with him and she doesn't want to end his life early so she's trying to leave him but she keeps Aww. going back to him and it's so romantic and <laughs> so sad like oh god kill me this is all this, this is this is what I live for and so that's why I picked it up but it is an amazing scene oh, that sounds that I awesome definitely recommend excellent i love it i love it already mm-hmm. uh what is on my radar on my radar is the fact that jude law will be playing a younger albus dumbledore in the new uh in the fantastic beast sequel oh i read something mm-hmm. about that so, yeah, um, i heard about that variety reported that the news and then shortly after it was confirmed by pottermore um, um a lo- he'll be playing a younger dumbledore alongside of johnny depp who will be playing the evil wizard Glinderwald? Grindelwald. Grindelwald. <laughs> like has that. Depp been in any other of the movies? 
Um, yeah, he you, was in the first Fantastic Beast. Yes, oh, I didn't watch it. I'm, uh, not, a, I'm not, not a Harry too. Potter guy or girl. It's so <laughs> it's so good though, so very good. Uh, J.K. Rowling revealed that Dumbledore was um, actually in love with Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> When um, they were younger. When they were geez. younger, I think they were like uh, neighbors and they were good friends. And um, she revealed that that, that he, uh, Dumbledore was in love with him. Um, although uh, whether or not they're going to be showing that in the movie to tip off uh, his sexual orientation is yet to be seen. Interesting. Um, yes, I feel that's like super cool. Yeah. I, I hope they, they do. Um, People that were in the running for playing a younger Dumbledore were like Ewan McGregor, which of course did, didn't choose. They went with Jude Law. So, congratulations, Jude Law! You're part of the Harry Potter world now. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my on my radar. I can't wait to I can't wait to see the sequel. Yay! Yeah, yeah. I'll have to get into it. Actually, now that I'm all about books on tape. Which is really CDs, which is at some point when I get a new <laughs> phone will really be um, audio books. Uh-huh. Audio files. Auto, auto, uh, yeah, audio files. Um, but um, now that I'm all about that, um, that is probably the perfect opportunity for me to get into get the, Harry, the Potter Harry Potter books. books. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Alright guys, now it's time to raffle the Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz Piñata. Alright. Uh, FYI, you got props on. Yes. By Sam Humphrey I on know. Twitter. Yes. Oh my god. That oh, was did? Yes, yeah. yes, you did. I, I was so missed, I missed it. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. Oh my god. It was just like, whoa. <gasps> the, the guy who came up to our table was yes, like, yes, yes, yes. have you showed this to Sam Humphreys? And we're like, no. Like, I, I, I didn't even think of doing something yeah. like that. Yeah. But he uh, took a picture and he shared it. Oh, he did? Yes. And, that, and Sam Humphreys was like, yeah, I'm laughing so hard or something like that. <laughs> I was like, no. But here's the thing. He tweeted us later. He said, <gasps> he did. thank you so much for covering Green Lanterns and Jonesy. Oh, and I was my like, God. Oh, yes! What a girl moment. That's right. I forgot he did. So he listened. He probably did. Oh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Our listeners are going to go dead. At one point, we just go like, screech. We just fangirled the F out of Yeah, I'm sure did. Oh my god, I got a little sweaty. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I'm looking at her right now and I almost don't want to give her up. So, um, yes, big props to Sarah for her Jessica Cruz uh, piñata yeah. and for putting us on uh, Sam Humphrey's radar. Yes, yes, I'm so excited, guys. It was such a great moment. Oh my I, uh, my gosh, I, if you ever would have told me that this is where we were going to be like a year ago, I'd be like, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Look awesome. at us meeting uh, Jaime <laughs> Hernandez. <laughs> getting tweeted by Sam Humphrey. Getting tweeted by Sam Humphrey. That's amazing. Okay, so the um, the winner of this famous Jessica Cruz Piñata is ticket number 2067499. Yes, congratulations, ticket 2067499. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
What do we have next? We have um, actually a brand new segment. Woo! Exciting. So, one of the things that um, we want to be able to do with Comadre Comics is to really highlight the fact that um, the comic community is like a, a really awesome thing uh we it's a it's a living breathing thing full of tons of people um of which obviously latinos and women are a big part of um but we also like to kind of highlight the fact that um unfortunately there are still marginalized groups still within this community that definitely could still benefit from um support and love from the rest of us so what we um, are going to do is start a brand new segment called Juntos y Fuertes. Yes, mm. Juntos y Fuertes. Guys. Yes. So uh, that basically um, translates to together, strong and together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, we today are going to start that new segment. And one of the um, stories that has been on um Facebook and Twitter and just in the comic book industry websites um, a lot these last couple of weeks is the story about, um, her name is Sophie LaBelle. So um, if you haven't heard, Sophie LaBelle is actually, uh, she's a Canadian artist and she is a trans woman and um, she's best known for her, um, her comic strip, Assigned Male. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, hadn't really heard of her before all of this really crazy stuff happened. And um, so basically what happened is that she was being victimized by a lot of hate um, and hate groups on the Internet um, because of the fact that she is a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And um, so much so that she was getting uh, death threats. Um, and her actual physical address was being posted online and oh, horrible. Um, being um, people posting saying, you know, uh, she needs to die and all this other really horrible stuff, all because of the fact that, um, and the way she puts it is because they didn't feel that she should even exist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess that they were very just upset at the fact that she uh, is not only a trans woman, but she's proud of it. And um, her comic strip, Assigned Male, really talks a lot about the um, the struggles that uh, not only she, but people of the transgender community suffer and go through um, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I really wanted to... Uh, to share on this uh, first segment of Juntos y Fuertes is that Sophie, um, she's she's fine. She actually has, um, she had to move. Her oh, and her roommate had man. to move out of their home and go somewhere safe. Um, but she has continued on with her, her comics online. And I think it's even given her um, just really motivation mm-hmm. to uh, continue going and for the need of her comic strip um, mm-hmm. that's out there. And she, uh, she has um, multiple things on, uh, multiple, multiple ways online that you can reach her and support her. Um, she has uh, a, a Facebook, obviously, but she has an Etsy mm-hmm. um, store that you can go and buy some of her. 
her um, her books mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, her different artwork and different things on there. Um, I think somebody started a GoFundMe or, or something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we can put those links up on our uh, Facebook. I think um, I shared one on my personal one, but we can share it on the Commodity Comics too. But uh, I just think that it's so super important uh, for uh, the comic book community to really stand behind uh, the creators that are out there that are really being um, targeted and victimized, um, and especially the marginalized people who belong to marginalized groups in the comic book community. Is, it's definitely, I think, um, something that needs to be highlighted and uh, to give as much love and support as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think I also read that her, her website was hacked, and then yes. um, they posted a lot of like hateful yes. things in there. Um, I think also some Nazi uh-huh. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was just, I mean, they really went really they far. They were, yes. I mean, this was not just a one-off, like, oh, some little hacker, I this idea that just came to me, I mean, it seems like it was really well thought out and, and implemented and carried out, like, oh, over and above what uh, somebody who just was doing it for, quote-unquote, fun. Exactly, exactly. Um, I actually read one of her uh, little strips. Um, it was <laughs> when they mistake uh, the gender of a dog. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. And then when, uh, and then they say versus uh, versus people. When, yes, when uh, yes. There was a little caption where it said, well, um, he, he, we just found out she's a girl. And then people was like, oh, I feel that I need to tell you that I disapprove about this. And yeah, like, even though I'm a stranger and I don't know, know you. you. <laughs> right. I feel like I should tell you how I feel about this. And I thought the, that was just like, that was my introduction to her work. And I was just in love with it. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, it's definitely, um, I feel she's really gifted. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I really yeah. love her her style. It's it's kind of a real like cutesy like uh, and very lots of like bright colors and stuff. I really mm. enjoy it. Kind of watercolory uh-huh. in some yeah. senses. Uh-huh. Uh, it really light and um, but but yet full of a lot of character and full of a lot of energy and a lot of um, como coraje. Yes. I like that. Yes. Yeah, I really like it. So I I feel that. Um, we should definitely shine a light on on her struggle right now, and if you guys can find it in your heart to help out or read her stuff or m- maybe even just share her stuff with yeah, other people, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. I think that would help out a lot. Not only that, I think this really emphasizes a lot of people. We come uh, across the argument that a lot of people say that oh, it's just a comic book, it's just art, like, it doesn't hurt you. If that was true, then why do so many people get angry at it? And it's just that art and comics and all these things have a way of sending a message, Mm -hmm. of portraying an experience that no matter, like, how it is, like, whether it be a superhero or whether it be something very much real as it is with her, uh, it's these comics and um, um, and these ways of artwork have a way of affecting people. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it can help pass on understanding, as I think she's doing with her comics and trying to explain this experience of how it is to be a trans woman. But, like, um, it's also, like, so much, like, you can get so much hate, but persevere, and you can do it. Like, it's possible. And, I mean, who's to say some of her comic strips land on the hands of somebody who actually needs that kind of orientation absolutely mm-hmm. um or, yeah. or or some people that um, might feel the need to express 
how they feel about certain aspects and then read the comic book and say, oh, you know what, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe yeah. I should just be supportive. Yeah. It mm-hmm. could change someone's mind. I mean, that's the power of art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the power of comics. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i mean i feel um i feel really strongly about this and hopefully you guys can go ahead and check out her page and check out her books and check out her comic strips um and you know hopefully there's a lot of positive energy just like at the ucla comic con and we can support each other absolutely mm-hmm. and um right now i actually i wanted to take some time to talk about um Another one of the main reasons um, that Juntos y Fuertes kind of uh, came up as an idea for us, and it was actually thanks to a listener who reached out to us after our last uh, episode. Um, I We had been talking about Free Comic Book Day, and we um, were talking about an incident where my friend had mentioned that she saw the cute little dog. Well, Sarah, you said you saw the, the cute, cute little, little crypto. Dog, crypto. Yeah, yeah, and um, I had shared a story of... Um, of my friend who had been sitting next to um, Crypto and um, Crypto's owner, and um, I shared the story that my friend had said, "Oh, you know, I think I think uh, she got offended because I didn't know who Crypto was," and um, and I relayed the story that my friend had told me, and um, our, that listener uh, actually, well, she was a listener. She listened yes. to our episode yeah. thirteen, yes. and she reached out to us, and she actually really wanted to um, to clarify something and say that she was not um, she was not being um, the term she used was she uh, she does not believe in fan shaming and I had never heard that term before and so basically what she wanted to clarify was that she wasn't um, fan shaming my friend that she didn't know who crypto was she was and she used this term too she was fan sharing she was trying to educate her because she really enjoyed um, and enjoys sharing information about comics because she loves them so much and she really has a wide breadth of knowledge of comic books and so she was fan sharing and um, I I was really struck by the term fan shaming um, yeah. because the reality is is that um, one of those marginalized groups in, within the comic book industry to this day is still women and um, as a woman who works at a comic shop and who reads comics and who is often around a lot of other comic book readers I've definitely um, experienced and heard the term fake fangirl and um, and I think that that's uh, it, it kind of put uh, the the spotlight on the story that I shared is that um, that was kind of like what what I was uh, implying was happening was that there was some fan shaming going on, and we laughed and and you know we we were being lighthearted about it, but the truth of the matter is that there's a lot of people who. Um, who do fan shame? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you you just are barely now watching the Marvel Universe movies. You don't read the comics. Well, then you're not a real fan. Mm-hmm. Or um, oh, you're only reading so and so's run, and you uh, I've read you know I've read all the way from it, the inception of this character. You're not a real fan. Right. Uh, oh, you only read uh, I don't know. What other kind of uh, example I can give, but so many instances of people trying to judge you or, or anybody um, as not being a real fan, um, you know, bandwagon fan or whatever. And oh, yeah. I mean, I really, really firmly believe that I don't care how many comic books you've read or how many 
TV shows you watch or how many movies you watch, and if it's only the movies that you watch or only the TV shows that you watch, that if you're a fan, then you're a fan. And I think together, uh, as the comic community should be more of a cohesive thing and not uh, a finger pointing or a blaming or a fan shaming type of situation. So I actually really um, am thanking our listener for introducing me to that term because um, I think it's a very valid point and it's definitely something, it's honestly one of the reasons why I wanted to start this um, podcast. Um, I, I wanted to be able to um, to show and share the not only Latina um, and Latino perspective, but also the female perspective. And so um, I, I'm really super excited about Juntos y Fuertes, and I want to thank um, our listener who put that idea into my mind, and hopefully um, we um, will do it justice. Absolutely. Um, I've been um, guilty of, of fan shaming. Um, uh-huh. I, I would like to share a story of fan of being fan shamed but I, I can't recall one right now for me I've shamed a fan mm-hmm. and um, I feel badly because you're right instead of just pointing the finger um, for instance they were just uh, they were just uh, fans of a certain TV show uh-huh. and I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> you know like oh no and my voice and my like superior I've read comic books voice um, what I should have done is said really well you should read yeah. such and such yeah. or you should try reading this or you know um it'll have a broader ex- i mean you know something more um um and it was a woman that i fanishing too uh-huh. so i feel doubly bad <laughs> so you know it could happen amongst us as well yeah yes. for so sure. um it's, sometimes it's little slips like yeah of course yeah, yeah. Of course, um, but yeah, no, no, it's really good to bring that to light because maybe you can catch yourself before you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's it's better. I mean, it's really hard sometimes to kind of think of what you're saying before you say it. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just spills out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really good that she brought this to our attention, and I'm glad that you guys keep up with this um, this segment because it could bring little things that we that go on in everyday media or with other. Um, uh, artists or writers or anything like that and we could actually uh, support them and yeah. try to be supportive and yeah. try to bring out good vibes and energy dude like for sure <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the fan shaming well i i'm pretty sure that i did it when i was barely starting out with comics like like oh my god like you don't read the comics like who are you like what are don't, you doing why, do, why are you even talking to me why are you <laughs> even talking to me and i think we all have done that yeah at yeah. some point you but it's sit with us then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've done this but um definitely uh the most one that comes strongly to mind right now is something that actually happened today at the store oh uh-huh. and i and it's happened often enough and i hate it so much every time it is and it's uh, customer comes and uh, they go to our male employee first, mm-hmm. and oh, then yeah. and then they and then um, uh, then they're so like they're like oh like I want this blah 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 and then he's our magic guy yeah he does not know anything about comics and so then he directs them to me <laughs> and he's just like they say like oh, Jen's the one that knows everything uh-huh. uh, that can help you that can help you find what it is that you're looking for and then they come to me very reluctantly yeah and say like so do you know anything about comics and I'm like 
Did he just not? Did you just not listen to him? Like, it, yeah. I'm, I'm. Am I not behind this counter? Am yeah. I not like helping other people? Like, you see me helping other people find comics, and you still ask me? Yeah. Do how? Like, do I know comics? Yeah. I fucking work at the comic book store, <laughs> and it pisses me off every single time. Uh, they <laughs> it pisses me off every single time they 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 say that or they ask that because it's always men yeah. who do it. It's never been a a woman or yeah. anything, and it's or a woman or anything. <laughs> it's never been uh, like uh, another woman who who does it. It's always men who ask me, "Do I know anything?" Yeah, like not even like like I can understand if like they ask me if I know about a specific right. character. Yeah, like I'm just like because sometimes I don't like so like. I don't really know much about the history of Spawn. I know who he is. Yeah. But, yeah. like, good luck good luck asking me what it's about. Yeah. I just know it's about this dude that kind of looks like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I think he looks like um, Venom. Yeah, a bit. Like, <laughs> like a cross. Like, yeah. like so many of the of the 90s guys are going to be like, how dare you? I know. I know who Spawn is. But, like, I've didn't seen... Didn't you see the movie? Didn't you see the movie? Like, There's a movie? There's a movie. There's a movie. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> it's on Netflix. John Leguizamo oh, plays the clown. But, anyway. <laughs> continue, continue. Like, my knowledge of Spawn is very limited, but I can still direct people to where we have our right. Spawn stuff. Right. I know where things are, mm-hmm. and even if I'm not totally familiar with it, I can direct them in the correct, like, way, right. way, place that we have them. So every time they ask me, like, do you know anything? Like, not even just, like, not even, like, just that. It's like, do you know anything? I don't know, man. I don't know shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even fucking know why they hired me. Like, I'm, like, I'm, just, like, just, I'm an just, an just as clueless as you are, dude. I'm just an ornament. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just here because of my look. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I uh, I often also feel not so much now as much as I did in the beginning because I um, honestly was standing on the other side of the counter and did not know anything about it. <laughs> but I learned. Um, but yeah, I I have experienced people who um, will come up to me and ask me something, or I'll go up to them mostly and ask, "Can I help you with anything?" And they'll ask me something. I will tell them something, and then they will turn right around and ask the same question to a either yeah to a male counterpart, <gasps> and and they tell them the exact same thing, and I get so frustrated with that. Wow, you actually live for when they don't know and they're like. Just yes. ask her. Yeah, and then and yes. then I just look at them very smugly, like, "Bitch, uh-huh. come at me, come <laughs> at me." Of course, I don't say anything of that. I out think loud. this angry cat is just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear what is happening in Austin, Texas? Oh yes. Uh, I have. <laughs> I shared that crap on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, at the Alamo Draft House Cinema, there's a uh, no guys allowed Wonder Woman screaming. Uh, screaming. Screaming. <laughs> screaming. Yes, guys. they Just were screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Let us in. Um, the Draft House uh, the Draft House uh, event invitation reads. Apologies, gentlemen, but we're embracing our girl power and saying no guys allowed for one special night at the Alamo Ritz. And when we say people who identify as women only, we mean it. Everyone working at the screening, venue staff, projectionist, and culinary team will be female. Mm -hmm. 
there was a big uproar about that. But in the Alamo's re- um, defense, they also encourage other parties to have an all-male screening. Yeah. So um, how do you guys feel about that? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome and honestly like you know like if they encourage them to have an all male one like go like go ahead do your thing like there's already a women one yeah. so if you're like crying about it just go do your little boys club shit listen Wonder Woman was created in 1941 the very first superhero team that she joined was Justice Society. You know what her role was in Justice Society? She was their secretary. What? what? The kick-ass Wonder Woman that you know, whether it's from Justice League or, I mean, from Super Friends or from any of the awesome books that you read, um, George Perez's run, in just in Justice Society, the rest of the team members went off to fight the freaking Nazis, and she stayed back to answer the phones and answer the mail. That's terrible. So mm. 75 years ago, that was the role of a female superhero. Now in 2017, if uh, a theater wants to have uh, an all-female screening of a movie that celebrates strong women and celebrates female power, I say go for it. I'm behind you 100%. <clears throat> what the fuck? <laughs> I, I've always wanted to use that button. Um, for me, um, I think it's great, but I do feel for the male workers. Like, they won't be able to work, you know? Like, they're going to have to take a day off. Which is not a bad thing in a sense, but, like, maybe they were counting on working that day and Uh they can't. Um, A a lot of people are calling it reverse feminism. Uh, Uh, Like, reverse sexism. Reverse Look. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm about to go off. Any reverse... Reverse anything, anything does not yes. exist. Yeah. Reverse racism does not no, exist. It doesn't. Reverse sexism does not exist. Reverse Jesus, I don't fucking know. Like I, <laughs> hair color, I don't, I, I don't know. It does not exist. Okay, okay. It it doesn't. Like oh my god. Go, listen to like a lecture or something. Educate yourself. It does not exist. I think that what Jen is trying to say is that <laughs> for any ism to um, to exist, it calls for um, a, one group to hold power that another group doesn't have. And I, as a strong woman who um, definitely has no problem standing up and standing up for herself, speaking my mind, um, you know, I, I'm feminist as all get out. Um, I also know that still in 2017, there is injustice when it comes to um, women in our society. Um, the men are still um, the majority lawmakers over female um, reproduction, over female um, health, and, uh, you know, there there's still people who say it's not true, but women still do only make a percentage um, uh, of cents to the dollar that a man makes. Um, in the entire world, there are still uh, mutilations happening to females. 
um, and uh, just uh, just the just the system how they like don't even um, persecute rapists or yes, or, yeah. or, or uh, even when they uh, do uh, child molestation yes. or anything they you know what six months uh, a year I mean what the heck is yeah. that I and mean, their excuse is oh it'll ruin their reputation like really yeah that's a, a person's life was ruined, yeah. and you're just worried about this person's reputation. Right, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, so um, the fact that all of these injustices are still to this day happening to women, um, that is where it, uh, where Jen is absolutely right. There is no such thing as reverse sexism, because for that to be true... That would mean that females hold the power over men, or females are more powerful in uh, in this society than men. And unfortunately, men are still seen as the stronger sex, as the more productive sex, as the more successful sex. Um, and whether or not that is uh, actually true doesn't matter. That is um, how they're viewed. And the fact that this uh, Alamo uh, Draft House Theater uh, is looking to actually celebrate this iconic female character who was originally created. Um, and you know something I, I found out, too, that um, uh, Marston, the creator of Wonder Woman, um, as we all know, if some of you don't, he um, was very uh, open in his relationships um, and actually was um, a polyamorous and he had um, a wife, and he also had um, a second wife. That his girlfriend, his second wife, was um, was uh, gosh, was it Betty Friedan? I think it was. It was her, her yeah. daughter. So that's where a and they she introduced him to the mother, and that's where a lot of his feminist uh, ideas started, and then also his whole like uh, affinity to being um, tied up and all that stuff. <laughs> he really saw the woman um, in power as being something that was like a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, that is where Wonder Woman came from, from his mind, and those were his ideas, and for it to really honestly take 75 years for that to have like really come full circle um, and to be celebrated is an, uh, is amazing like to, uh, to honestly be celebrated and not pushed under the rug and placed into a secretary role and and case in point actually when he was pissed when he read and that that happened that he was so upset that that's where the, wh- what they did with his Wonder Woman is put her as a secretary wow mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow that's a lot to take in, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still kind of like, whoa. Ask a question and you'll get it. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's I right. mean, I would really like to hear uh, what other people think. And, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, there aren't other opinions out there. And if you really feel strongly that they should not have done this, I, I would be interested to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. So now, guys, uh, we are going to raffle the Wonder Woman piñata. Yay, Wonder Woman! Wonder Woman! (laughs) Okay, so the winner of the very cute and very strong female iconic Wonder Woman piñata is 
coupon number 206-7718. Excellent. Wonder Woman Piñata, 206-7718. Another person who did not keep this coupon. <laughs> you know, and I think that was me doing it because I I I wasn't I wasn't paying attention oh, while I was ripping them. So okay. yeah, so long as they kept their yeah coupon <laughs> right. As long as, yeah, as long as they didn't lose their uh, their red uh, uh, raffle ticket. The red uh, counterpart. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of Wonder Woman, please remember, guys, that uh, Comadres Comics will be sponsoring some of the activities at Wonder Woman Day on June 3rd, 2017 at Heidi Ho Comics. Um, we will be at 1431 Lincoln Boulevard, Santa Monica, California, 90401. And um, this is going to be a family-friendly event, yes. uh, as well as pet-friendly, and there's going to be a costume contest. Yes, we're going to have a uh, cosplay contest for both pets and people. I can't wait to see Woo! all the cute little pets come dressed up. Yay! Uh, we're going to have gotten very, very strong promises of people coming in with Yay! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also we're going to have um, trivia contests. We're going to have arts and crafts. We're going to have tons of uh, coloring and activity sheets. Uh, we are going to have face painting, and um, we are going to have... A photo booth? Yes. Thank you. I was yeah. trying to think what the last thing was. <laughs> photo booth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yay. So, so, yeah, bring your kids and uh, introduce them to comics and to Wonder Woman. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be from noon to 4 on June 3rd, and if you are a DC fan... Everything DC, whether it be a trade, a single issue, um, a statue, a figure, a pop, anything DC will be 20% off. Excellent. That's good news for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And now for our... Uh, uh, we have Osito. We have Osito. Yes. Osito. Can you tell us a story about Osito while she gets uh, the ticket ready? He's so cute. He's adorable. So, Osito is actually the plush, like, teddy bear that belonged to Bane when he was a kid. Yes. yes. And he is so cute. He's so cute. He's adorable. And, like, and soft. And very soft. Yes. He's very soft. And he was sitting on our table at the uh, East LA Comic Con. At the East LA Comic Con. And he was dressed as a luchador. Yes. He's a, lu- he's a luchador teddy. <laughs> and... Nobody knew who he was, and by the end of the day, we were like, okay, the first person that comes up and is like, Osito, we're giving him Osito, or her Osito, mm-hmm. and nobody did. We had one person that came up and said, oh my gosh, how much is your bear? And we're like, well, first of all, tell us who he is, and she's <laughs> like, it's Bane. I'm right. like, oh man, you're super close, but that's, <laughs> not, that's not it, but yeah, um, Actually, there is um, a new Bane uh, comic that's out. Uh, what's it called? Bane Conquest. Conquest. And uh, Osito, they show flashbacks of Bane as a kid with Osito um, like like held tight to his body. And he has them everywhere he goes. And um, as an adult, you see Bane speaking. And you can't see speaking to someone off uh panel and you don't know who it is and then as you're turning the page you see the osito with like an eye missing and like his like his fur like oh like torn and stuff that he's actually talking to osito who is um he kept he has under like a glass case and Aww. it's like so a 
amazing. I was like, oh my god, I died. <laughs> I died. I was just like, I was like, that's it. Like, if I died, I would have died happy. Yeah, like, and so oh just a reminder, Bane is a Latino comic character. Yes, he yeah. is. Yeah. So who? Oh, we might cover one day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, the winner of Little Q Osito is ticket number two zero six seven six six four. In my opinion, you got the best prize. Yes. Yes. Osito is so cute. Totally cute. And now, guys, now it's time for our main, main, main uh, raffle prize. And what are we, what are they winning, Kristen? So the winner of this main, main, main raffle prize (laughs) Uh, wins a copy of each of the books that we had on display at our East LA Comic Con table. Each of us picked one of our favorite books that we have um, discussed in the past. And Sarah picked Ghosts by Raina Telgemeier. Uh, Jen p- uh, picked uh, Hellboy in Mexico, obviously Mike Mignola. And I picked Bitch Planet by Kelly yes. hey. So the winner of um, that set of comic books is ticket number 206. Seven six nine one. Yes! Yay! Yes! Congratulations! Ticket two zero six seven six nine one. All right, guys. Well, that was a, a action-packed episode. Yes, it was. Like completely, like saturated there with was information. Laughter. There was. <laughs> fangirling there was passionate anger (laughs) (laughs) and i have to say jen the way that you so eloquent and sexily read the back of that (laughs) i know i was just about to say and one of the best beers we've had on treehouse brewing company is gonna start getting uh all kinds of calls for (laughs) their for their haze uh beer just based on the way that you read their can why thank you Uh, (laughs) also um really quickly um the the name of the Adam Glass book I couldn't think of um, about the the golem is called Brick. Oh, okay. Oh, Brick. Great. Yeah. Nice. And really good. Uh, the trade's already out. I highly recommend it. Excellent. Well, girls, I think that brings us to the end of episode 14, the iconic LA East LA Comic Con episode. Um, do you guys have any shout-outs or any? Uh, again, I shout-out to Peter Malini and all of his um, – uh, Helpers that put on an awesome East Los Angeles Comic Con. Yes. Um, and I uh, shout out to the um, Latino Expo that's going to happen in November at uh, the um, as Mexican Latin American Museum of Art. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. In Long Beach. Uh-huh. And as always, follow us on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. Yes, excellent. And I'd like to shout out um, our neighbors, our table neighbors. Um, oh, they were yes. super nice mm, yes. at the convention. Jen has a, a purse from oh our God. neighbors yes. that we had to the left. It was totally cute. And the ones to the right, I have two libritos um, that were given to me, and I want to thank uh, them for the present. It's very awesome. Oh, and that's right. His art was so cute. It was mm-hmm. totally cute. And it, I know you were interested in uh, female piñata, so just uh, hit me up and I m- will make it for yes. you for free. And I'll send it for free, too. I know he said he would pay for it, but I would definitely make it for free. Oh, what was he looking for? Um, he said he w- hadn't decided yet, oh. but he was going to give it to his sister. So, Aww. yeah. Okay. So, thank you to you. Shout out to you. Thank you so much. And follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres for 
all the latest news. Uh, we have a lot to share this time, actually. We have um, the our books to share and all the contact info for all the people that we talked about today. Shout out to all of the creators of oh, the books absolutely. that we discussed. Uh, Fanbase Press with Quince, um and uh, the creators... Um, what, the uh, Kit Steinkellner and Emma Steinkellner. Um, Monty Gomez is the luchador uh, with uh, the writer Jandro Gamboa the uh, artist Bernice Sally, uh, and Poe Noir. Woo! Yes, Woo! with uh, <laughs> Tim Zahak, Miguel Acedo, and uh, Graham Sis. Graham Sis, you have our Graham. heart. Yes. You have our heart. You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, special shout out to um, Mr. Hernandez and Mr. Alcaraz. Yes. You guys were super awesome, super awesome. Thank you so much. Um, also, guys, please remember, if you have one please take a picture of yourself with a ticket and send it to us. Contact us, whichever media you want to contact us on, and um, and we can ship you your price ASAP. Also remember, if you still have a ticket, please just keep it on hand because somebody may not yes. claim a prize, mm-hmm. just like the Batman, and we will redraw to send a new winner out there into the inner space. And also, I want to give a huge shout-out to YNC Comics. Uh, Yuri was uh, the woman who came by our, um, not only our table, but actually took her watchers, her viewers, on a little um, viewing uh, tour of the entire East LA Comic Con. And she, awesome, just like Quince, not only does she do her show in English, but she does it in Spanish, too. Absolutely. She did the the whole entire thing twice in English and Spanish. Yeah, and the editing was really, really, really well done. Uh, She also edited... um, not edited, but she also made an uh, honorable mention to M- 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 Monkey Monster Cosplay, oh, uh-huh. uh, where she met Princess Loca yes. and Han Cholo. Yes. Super cool. Nice. Um, you can find her on YouTube, or we have also been sharing her yes. mm-hmm. YouTube um, videos, so um, please check her out. They're both in English and Spanish, so if you see that we posted a Spanish one, go, it's good to go back into her channel and see the English version if that's what you prefer. Uh, but she was super nice, and I loved her energy. Thank you so much for highlighting us on your uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. And check out, uh, I watched your video on the history of Wonder Woman. Oh, that was good. Yeah, she did yeah, really good. Amazing. So uh, lots of cool uh, videos all about comics, and she is an awesome Latina woman doing absolutely. this. So that's great. Bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> really great. And shout out to her cam- camera guy, which uh, he's behind the scenes, but he did a really great yeah. job yeah. of shooting her. So. Um, thank you so much for that. Thank you to the LA um, LA Weekly for uh, posting what you missed on. Um, oh, that I, was great. That yeah. was really cool. I, I, oh, Jen and I were in the picture. I was like, oh my god, we're famous. <laughs> yep, I had to, uh, it was really cool because I had a um, high school friend um, see the see yeah, the article uh, and then share it on my on, on my personal yeah. uh, Facebook. So I was like. Oh, People are actually paying attention. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to to everybody that was. Oh, and awesome. I yeah, that was really awesome. I saw I saw that on your uh, page, and I was like, oh my gosh! And I'm like, hey, where am I? <laughs> I <know. laughs> Yeah, you know that I I don't know I, I, I sometimes because I think you were like because we were yes, all talking to we different were people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 
thank you so much guys it, it was really awesome and i feel like there was such a great um what is it called uh, energy chemistry yes energy chemistry everybody was camaraderie camaraderie yes. thank you oh my <laughs> god sometimes guys i speak english but anyways uh thanks for listening guys uh we have been your host i am sarah i'm Kristen, and i'm jen thanks for listening guys bye bye, bye.